Hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of the Bird Brothers Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Falcon, doing my best to be awesome. Joined, as always, by another person who is equally awesome in Condor. How are you doing today, Condor? Oh, Falcon, you know, I'm so excited. I'm here today for the for the, for the Tales of Arise fan club meeting. I'm ready this for this. This is not the We're Tales of Arise about- fan club meeting. You were the only one here who has played this game. What? What? How indeed? have you not played this game, Falcon? Because I'm still playing through Scarlet Nexus, but this is not what we're here to talk about. What are Come you on, talking about? Someone... I haven't done anything else. I've only been playing this game. Well, then this is going to be a short podcast. Actually, no, it won't be because today we have a guest. We have a guest. What? Woo! Yes. We, uh, we have one of my real life friends, Josh here. Josh, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're we're doing pretty good. Trying I, trying our best to not have bad comedy, bitch. You know. I'm still shocked over the fact that Falcon has real friends. I know, right? You thought they were all fake. You thought I just had imaginary friends running around. Yeah. Every time you mentioned, every time you mentioned you would like hang out with people, I would be like, nah, he's just probably staying home so he can play games. Well, I started out as an imaginary friend, but eventually we increased the budget, and the producers decided, eh, let's make him real. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's amazing what bigger budgets can do. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a big budget can just do for you, you know. And now mm-hmm. you make your imaginary friends real. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I do. I do enjoy bigger budgets. Oh, well, Josh, well, how are you doing today, my friend? Our first, very first guest on the Bird mm-hmm. Brothers podcast. It is such an honor to be here, and I'm like super excited to to talk with you guys. Now you can mm-hmm. put it on your resume. I can't, and I will. There you go. Yes. First guest to Bird Brother Podcast. And then, and, then you just, and then you just write out the link to our like our Podbean. Yep. Link LinkedIn <laughs> guest really on Bird Brothers. Domain name, but I just have been lazy. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, uh, anyway, you still need yes. to put up that like one thousand download banner on the Podbean website. We're already at sixteen hundred downloads. I got tired of trying to do that so i was just like eh, i'll just wait till the next one. i told you to give me the access but you never did because i forget you never remind me that isn't my job to remind you you are a fully <laughs> capable adult hey hey sometimes i have more important things than making sure we have a banner on the podcast being like, like getting second you place have a in a Pokemon race. yes they see that on the website when it says we have over a thousand downloads as a number <laughs> but anyway when we have guests on we let them pick the show and so we let Josh pick the show. Josh, do you want to tell us what show we watched this week? I picked Noir. Ooh. It is a 2001 classic. Mm. I will say my thoughts before going into the show was like, oh, is this going to be one of those spy things? Oh, I love spy things. It wasn't very spy. Mm. Nope. It is uh, part of the girls with guns uh, genre, but done more like a uh, like an Italian mafia film. Yeah. yeah, I really dislike that they couldn't come up with a better name than "Girls with Guns" for the genre. It's like, eh, "Girls with Guns." That's what yeah. we're gonna. Call I, it. I think back in two thousand one, because that's when this anime came out. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was like a big thing back then. Uh, and no. this, is, this is actually, I did some research. Uh, this is actually a part of an anime trilogy, not like no. There's this like a sequel to North, like a spiritual successor, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, other two are called. There's so there's Noir. Madlax, and then what, what was the uh, other one? Matador, um, or Gazador uh, has something to El do with Cazador it. El Cazador de la yes. Bruja. Mm. 
those so basically these like three anime girls with guns shows like basically made the the genre more popularized i guess in yeah. the anime community as well in real life mm-hmm. back then in 2001 i don't think personally i don't think it was a big thing in fact if you look on some people's lists for like what's your favorite girls with gun anime sometimes you i've seen a few where they show like some noir characters on there so that's pretty cool that people are still like loving it to this day despite how old it is so that's a good thing it shows it was really popularized and really big it showed a big impact onto the community right right fellas yeah that's yeah. right it also had a huge uh impact um in the uh, lgbt community because it was one of the first like really well done uh yuris mm-hmm. there was a few kisses wasn't there yeah it wasn't like super prevalent or in your face either. It was just kind of like it happened. Moving on. I think it was. Yeah. The, I think it was the first two parter. Was it? Was it the uh, uh, the one with the assassin? The not the not the poison with the poison bug, but the uh, the, the intocable. Oh, uh, the yeah. intocable. There we. Yeah. Are. I actually watched this dub. The intocable and uh, yeah, and like they gave her like she kissed the uh, the. Yeah, she uh um the 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 girl in it the um uh the 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 brittle princess um yeah. she she gave Muriel the the kiss of death the kiss of death that's they didn't say it was the kiss of death but in my mind I'm like that's the kiss of death yeah it, which which was one of the things that I like about the show was it was very implied by the reaction that Muriel had she wasn't like disgusted her reaction was fear. Yeah. And she said that was, and and she didn't need to finish the sentence. And the audience yeah, like, picks up like, oh, like, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's bad. Yeah, she was like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Like, all right, thank you. Uh-oh, I'm Uh-oh. dead. Mm. Except, but is she really? Missing to Kabbalah, you're not the main character, so you're going to die instead. Goodbye. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this show very much, yeah, interesting. So, we'll talk so, about so, 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 Josh, since you are our guest today... Why don't you give us a little description about the show Noir? So Noir is set... Excuse me. Noir is set in about like 2010, 2011. um, And it's kind of centers around... It's a a more realistic setting. It takes place in our world. There's no like supernatural uh, or science fiction kind of stuff in this this setting. Um, And it centers around this... A uh, woman, Muriel, who's an assassin for hire. She gets an email from a mysterious girl who's an amnesiac named Kirika and uh, realizes that this Kirika girl uh, ha- is somehow connected to Muriel's past. Neither of them know how. And the two start um, uh, taking on assassination jobs under the moniker of Noir, which was a moniker for uh, assassins going back uh, about a thousand years. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good description. Uh, I think uh, something I was actually confused about. They traveled a bit in the show, but most of it, most of this an- anime takes place in France, right? Yes, yeah, in Paris. Paris, France. Yeah, you see the Eiffel Tower and some shots like, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's beautiful indeed, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will say that uh, the one of the best things about this show, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but the, one of the best things about the show is definitely the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I definitely Very, agree. Strong agree. 
Yeah, I, I actually first. have both discs for the original soundtrack. Really? <clears throat> yeah, most... it didn't happen. <clears throat> uh, I I did send a. <clears throat> yeah, I've got a text of of the picture. <clears throat> I can send you later. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, most of the animes back then released soundtracks in two discs, and it was uh, a, a red and a blue, essentially. And your red one would have most of the score from it, plus the theme and the end theme. And then the blue one would have uh, so, some more music from the show, but then also some extra stuff that didn't actually make it into the show. And yeah, it, it was kind that. of a fun thing of collecting the soundtracks back then. It was typically very hard, though, to, to get both of mm -hmm. them in the States. Yeah, I feel like if you buy a soundtrack for something, you're a big fan of it. What? Oh <laughs> man! Yeah, no, I can I can confirm. Uh, can you that tell was, I'm a with Ruby .hack back fan? in the day? There was like just tons of .hack OSTs you could get, which is relevant because uh, the uh, music in this was done by the same composer that did all of .hack. Like uh, I heard one of the first songs play, I was like, "This is giving me .hack vibes." And then I was like, "Wait, this is done by B Train." And I was like, that hack was done by B Train. And I found out they have like most of the same team, except that hack had like yeah. extra writers from like yeah. other well known shows. Falcon messaged me that, and I, I, I sent him the gif where, from SpongeBob where it's like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> talk about it for the podcast. Yeah, no. So I, I was like, okay, this is this is a, a, a different thing by the dot hack team, which is one I greatly like, but also, also a very uh, different kind of show. Uh, but yeah, that we're not talking about dot hack though. I just wanted to make sure that was made aware. If people like dot hack sign, this is very, very similar in many ways. I feel like we're talking yeah. about dot hack next for your next pick, Falcon. Should I? But be you're not. You already know what I'm doing for my next pick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I actually forgot about that. <laughs> How could you? No, it's fine. Well, we're supposed uh, to watch it this week, but yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. No worries. Uh, I guess shall we? Start talking yeah, about the characters. How about we talk about the characters? I would love to talk about. I bet there's so many lovely characters in the show. So many like great characters with leading roles. And not, wait, wait, most of them are dead. What? 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 <laughs> For starting off, though, we got the main character, Muriel here. Woo! What a beauty. Whoa! Yeah. A real yep. femme fatale. <clears throat> I think they even call her that in the the dub at one point. Uh, I think so. Uh, yes. So you watched this dub too, Falcon, if I may ask? I did. I watched it dubbed. Uh, Josh, did you, when you first watched Noir, did you watch it dubbed or subbed? Yes, uh, it was dubbed. It was uh, the DVD, the original DVD release here in the States. Bought the, uh, the first disc that came with the box, and he had to wait a month or two for the next disc to come mm. out and buy that. Yeah. And had, yeah. And you couldn't just order it online. You had to like drive to a hip video store like Suncoast and yeah, hope like that they got play. it. Yeah. I actually, yep. I actually checked Amazon uh, real, before the podcast and you can actually get the full season uh, for a multi, multi format uh, for like 27 bucks on Amazon. Nice. Not a bad deal. Mm. It's on sale too. Originally it's 50, but it says 27. It's like bestseller, big deal, yeah. must buy now. Mm. but yeah back back in the day before being able to just stream anime mm -hmm. that's kind of what you had to do and 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 with this one i i took a chance because i liked the cover art and i thought oh, okay a couple of female assassins that's all it told me and i was like well i'll take a chance on this one and i liked it. i kept getting more discs until finally i was i was hooked and i was i was uh, glad about the purchase mm -hmm. did Can't you ever confirm. watch this anime subbed at all since one of your favorites just to like see it from a different perspective. Uh, I did not actually. 
I think I was probably just too in love with the voice acting for the for the dubbed. Okay. Okay. Falcon, what did you think about the dub, if I may ask? It was fun. I think it got better as it went along. The I first agree. few episodes, there was a few like dialogue between Muriel and Kirika that was like really awkward. And I couldn't tell if it was just like vocal performance or if it was writing. Like I think it she... might I think it might be a little bit of both because they were kind of operated with each other a little bit. But so I will was... say the first episodes that was really bad. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. But I will admit it, as it went along, it did definitely get better. Yeah. Like I actually really did like the voices for the characters as they went on. So yeah. I, I felt yeah. it did get better. But the beginning was pretty bad. But I did enjoy the the dub as it went on. The 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 one I thought that was probably the worst was uh that stuck out to me. I think it was like episode three or four when Muriel's kind of telling Kirika a little bit about her backstory and like, they just come back from a mission and they're both just sitting there quietly. And then Muriel just randomly like, my parents are dead. (laughs) And then Kirika's just like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, what? Like, I was like, what? Then she goes like into a little bit more, but I was like, that was so awkward. Like I, I can't. That. Yeah. Was yeah. It supposed to be awkward, or did it? But the first time I way? saw that, I was like, "What? Are you implying that maybe you think she did it?" Mary? Yeah, it was just kind of like, <laughs> "What?" But okay. Uh, what? But yeah, there, there were a few things like that. I, I feel um, like I feel like though after they had that 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 moment, they probably opened up a little bit more to each other. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We should talk about the uh, the characters now, shouldn't mm-hmm. we? Yes. All right, uh, uh, let's start with the first character. Yep, Muriel, we've already had her popped up on the screen here, so I'm not we'll doing it again. again. Oh, and she is Corsican, which I didn't realize was a real country until uh, until this recent watch through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corsica is an island uh, off of France that's kind of like French-Italian. Okay. And and so her her family is from that island. The When they talk about speaking Corsican, it's like a mi- mix of French and Italian that they speak on that island. And it's just very interesting. I, I thought it was a made up place. Yeah. I actually, I actually looked up a little research. I did, I did a lot of research on the show just, just because I didn't want to upset you with my horrible liking of the show, but basically, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the reason they didn't give her a Corsican out uh, accent for her character because they wanted uh, it to appeal to fans. So, uh, it would, they would, it would be more normal instead of just like, Oh, what is she saying? Most of the time we can't understand her. So that's why they did that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting to do that. Mm-hmm. It kind of works out in the end, though, because you kind of assume because she's been doing the assassin, the the international assassin uh, game for a while, so mm-hmm. you kind of assume she's she's traveled a lot. She's kind of developed a kind of flat American accent so that she can dip in and out to other languages easily and not you know give away who she is or where she's from. Yep. Uh, yes, definitely. But yeah, Muriel is a really good assassin, you know? Debatable. I feel debatable. like there's a lot of key moments <laughs> hey. where she just like freezes up and just kind of sits there. But you she know. She is a very emotional person, which is yeah. not really good for her profession. Well, no, she, it, she does choke a lot. Yeah, she does like choke a she, lot. she very much most of the time has that like professional assassin kind of like icy personality. But you can tell that's very much just her trying to like cope with the fact she just kills people for a living, um, and not that she's actually that way. Um, but yeah, like I was sitting there thinking like halfway through, I was like, I feel like every time there's been like 
a critical moment where she has to pull the trigger or she's dead she does it and someone else kind of ends up coming stepping yeah, in to do it it was kind of like that but uh, i still enjoyed her as a character i thought she was i actually good. did not enjoy her as a character i felt like oh, she no. was a really an emotional person especially with all the moments with kirika like near the end mm-hmm. uh, like at the very end it, it, she like came to her senses but like before then she was like oh no what should i do oh god like there was this one part where she learns more about like the enemy and then she looks at Carrie. she's like i don't want to see you anymore get out and i'm just like yeah are you, are you serious why yeah well, well i think that was part of of the arc because by the end of it she understands what it is that she wants Mm-hmm. Um, where she doesn't know throughout the whole thing. Like her first reaction to to Kirika is, oh, well, I'm going to kill you because you obviously know something about me. You you know who I am. So you're a threat to my, you know, my my job because no one could mm-hmm. know who I am. And basically, and I then, understand that. And then she keeps she keeps on this this path of denial of telling herself, oh, yeah, no, I'm just I'm totally going to kill you after this. Um, and. <clears throat> It isn't until she's forced to be vulnerable in front of Kirika that she she starts opening up. But at the same time, that clearly scares her, and so mm-hmm. she she gets just her emotions get more and more wildly out of control because she refuses to to confront them. I think I just don't like that because of the profession she is in as assassin. I expect like a really like cool, sharp like assassin who's yeah. like, ready to kill at a moment's notice but she kind of wasn't like that and i didn't really like her i always love the scenes where they just like point the guns at each other it's just i don't know why but yeah. she laugh every single it's time. like just randomly I, I see them and i'm like oh they're definitely not gonna shoot but go ahead try it's funny to see oh my god I, I, I like i like it because it's presented almost like it's a habit of them to just be like in killer mode and and so that whenever one's like like in one scene, uh, Kirka has just finished putting her gun back together and she's just kind of like looking at the sights. And of course she has to point it at the nearest person because yeah. it's like her, 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 her brain's uh, uh, instinct. And as soon as she does, Muriel's instinct is to pull a gun back on her. And they kind of just look at each other like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite one though is it's towards the end, but they're in the sewers, like just doing like, you know, target practice or whatever like they always do, just shooting into the wall. And like Kirika's just standing against the wall with that like glazed over look she always has. Then Muriel just like points at her, just stares at her, and then Kirika's still just like, whatever, like I'm just yeah. here doing nothing. My, my favorite like, one. Why? My favorite one, I forget the episode, but like what they were like, she got injured. And she was like recovering in a bed, and she like wakes up, and then it's just Muriel like pointing her gun at her. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, but why? <laughs> She's already injured. And uh, <clears throat> and that one was interesting because that was Muriel or uh, Kirika being vulnerable to Muriel for the first time mm-hmm. because she was injured and she was holding her back and putting her life in danger, and that's yeah. where we first see. Um, the wheels, the cogs kind of turning in Muriel's head of like, yeah. well, I have an opportunity now to just get you out of my life and be done with it. <clears throat> but at that point, whether she's like, she, she's just too hooked on the mystery and has to solve the mystery or she's, or she's, you know, she's starting to develop feelings for, for mm-hmm. Kirika. I, either way at that, that's the, the, the crucial point where she's like, I have the opportunity and I'm going to actively choose not to do it now. I just still found it funny. <laughs> she just wakes up and there's a gun pointing at her head. Yeah. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny, but it makes me laugh. Yeah. It's supposed okay, to be I, I know you're I know you're injured, but 
I could just kill you right now. Don't forget that. I would love if there were you know those like those those like things. You know how like Dragon Ball has that like funny thing. I forget what it's called. The name's escaping me. Like the Team Four Star does it. What is it? Oh, uh, uh, abridged. Abridged. I can imagine a a a noir abridged, and and like every single time. Like they have their guns pointing at each other, the guns just start talking to each other. It'd just be so weird. Yeah. <laughs> It'd just be so weird. Like the guns like so, being so, so they're doing, so they're doing this again, huh? Again. Yeah, I wonder how long they're gonna do this for. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> but uh I, yeah, I, I just didn't really like Muriel as a character personally. I, I actually I I wouldn't I would say out of the four characters, she's probably my third favorite out of because yeah, I guess she's my third mm. favorite. What about you, Falcon? What about you? What do you think of Muriel? I went into my details. What do you? You have to go into details. It's only Ugh. proper. Man, I don't want to. No, I liked Muriel. Uh, I thought she was fine. I mean, her whole thing is she's just trying to find like answers to what happened when she was a kid, essentially. Um, I don't really have like any in-depth opinions on her. I thought she was fine. I do think she choked a little too much to be this like you know, great assassin that everyone says she was. Well, to be fair to that, a lot of the stuff that's shown in the anime yeah. is basically, like, about her, mostly about her past and right. about stuff like that. But I do agree with your sentiment in saying, like, she shouldn't have choked as much as she did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's fine for the most part. Uh, the biggest complaint I had with her is she's an assassin who, for some reason, is determined to wear heels. Yeah! yeah. Like, <laughs> there's plenty of times where she gets into trouble because she's wearing heels. And it's like, you think you would realize, like, wear them in the day if, like, you're just shopping and you don't expect to be attacked. But, like, when you're going on the mission, why aren't you wearing something more appropriate for it? Like, there's the yeah. scene where she's on the roof and she trips, like, two or three times because she's wearing heels on a roof trying oh, to yeah, run. I it's like, those scenes. at that point, just take off the shoes and run. You've got the gun in one hand. You can hold the shoes in your other. You can toss them off the building. Like, it's just like, okay, but, yeah. That was my biggest and, yeah, with her. and it's so disappointing that the writers fell into that trope mm -hmm. because we saw that they can do better because they did better with Kirika, who yeah. wears just whatever she finds and happens to yeah. be practical. Like there, Kirika has no sense of style. Uh, yeah. Only time she does is when Muriel dresses her. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Otherwise, she's in like flats and a hoodie and a t-shirt and maybe a skirt. Yep. And like, it's like that's it. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah uh yeah josh what's your opinion on muriel yeah what do you think about the blonde beauty <laughs> so the first time i watched the show and for the first you know few years that that I, I i thought of it as as a good show and considered myself a fan i actually uh shared condor's opinion where i didn't really care for her um but between the the last uh rewatch that i did and this one I realized that we don't actually get to see Muriel at her best because when we see her, um, we, we see her for like 15 minutes before she hears that tune from the watch that triggers a response. And I'm realizing that I realized that she hadn't dealt with that. She kind of just buried it back in her subconscious and moved on and, and was not going to address her past. And then when she hears that, it just triggers all that that fear and that vulnerability of being a child who's just lost her family again. And it just throws her off her game. So we never really see her at her best. 
So I, I, I started out not liking her, but, but over time I, I grew to really appreciate her. I can respect that opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like the best we probably saw Muriel in the show was before, like, it was like after she met Kirika and before they learned about the soul dots. I feel like in those, like, episode two, three, mm-hmm. like, when they were doing like, the little missions, mm-hmm. I feel like that was when Muriel was at her best that we saw. But yeah, after everything with that, I will agree. She was really emotional. Yeah, I agree that before they find out who the soul dots are, that's where she seems also to be the most competent. Like, it seemed like in those section of episodes, Kirika was the one who would have, like, a flub or a goof during the mission more than uh, Muriel. Mm-hmm. And Muriel would kind of, like, correct the mistake and fix it. And then after that, it just kind of, like, Kirika god mode. Muriel's probably going to, like, fall down or get grabbed or something. So I think it's the second episode where, like, they're in, uh, in, like, a hotel or something trying to track somebody down. And one of the bad guys gets the jump on Kirika, and Muriel has to kind of, like, help bail her out of it. Um but then, like, every other time, it seems like they just reversed it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to Kirika, then? Yes, let us uh, move forward. Alrighty, then. So next up is Kirika, the Woo! next main character here. She's voiced by Monica Rial, which is the same she voice is. actress of Bulma from Dragon Ball. Uh, yep. Yep. So I I've done I did more I did research obviously I know I keep saying that because I, I did mm-hmm. some research. Uh, apparently, uh, Kirika here might have uh, might have been one of the what is what does the Wikipedia say? Basically, she might have been one of the ones to start the big old moe craze back in the day because of her looks and stuff. You know, I don't so, see her very moe though. I think it's because of the way she looks, like her face, how it's always the same. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to find it on the. I saw it on the Wikipedia page. Hmm. <sighs> Going into that Wikipedia this is, this research. Is, this is the part where you guys talk, so I could find. So it. for 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 those of us for for those of us who aren't hip to all the terms in anime, what is mm. moe? Yeah, Falcon, tell us what moe uh, is. Moe is hard to explain. Um, it's very much this like overall sense of kind of like cuteness in a way is kind of how I've always taken it. Um, you'll notice if a lot of the newer animes, a lot of the anime girls kind of look very samey with like the way their like eyes and hairstyles are kind of are and like their mannerisms to kind of make this overly kind of cutesy persona. Uh, that's kind of what Moe is the best way I can describe it or explain it, I guess. Okay, now um, let me give you the actual the actual term for moe since I have it on Wikipedia. Okay. Moe is a Japanese word that refers to feelings of strong affection mainly towards characters, oh, okay. usually female, in anime, manga, video games, and other media directed at the otaku market. Moe, however, has also gained usage to refer to feelings of affection towards any subject. That's basically a nice mm-hmm. description of moe. And I so basically the thing I found on on here basically uh, it says. Uh, Kirika would be a precursor of the Moe craze that came along later in the decade. Hmm. So basically, it was kind of like a a, a, a a little like preview. Think of it like a little, little preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough about that. Let's just talk about the character, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring yeah. that up. I wanted to be Derailing cool. us into a Moe conversation. I, I'm over trying here. to show off in front of our guests. That's right. <laughs> Maybe then he'll wear, a, he'll wear a Condor shirt instead of a Falcon shirt. 
We don't have t-shirts. How can he wear a shirt of either one of us? He says Falcon on his shirt. He's wearing a Millennium Falcon t-shirt. That is but different. It that doesn't have Falcon. my face. But That's but Falcon is a millennial. Giving a thumbs up, you know? It's you know. It's... Oh no, no, Josh is right. You are a millennial. I am a millennial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so right, basically, that's that's first for brothers T-shirt. It's gonna say Millennial Falcon, and it's just gonna have me on it. And, and it's just gonna be me in the corner, angry because I don't get a shirt. No, you just won't even be on there. You just it'll just be me. Aww. you'll be angry in the corner. No, <laughs> That'll be fun for you. I'll 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 draw Condor on um, mine. Yay! Yay! I have a fan. I'm so happy. All right. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kirika. So she has amnesia, as we have already established. Uh, and she is also an assassin. She only thing she knows is she has like a school ID that says Kirika Yumura. That's Don't right. even think that's probably her real name. No, nope. that's just what she. But it's she the has. name we are given. Yes. Yep. And, and uh, she yeah. she likes the idea of having a name, of having an identity, because she doesn't know her identity. So she like yeah. treasures that card and that that identity with it, even though she knows it's probably not her real ID. Right. It gives her a sense of self, a sense yep. of. The, the sense to matter in the world mm-hmm. basically but uh but Kirika is a really good assassin probably better than Muriel I would say yes and there's a reason for that a reason mm-hmm. I will get into later even yeah. though we should yeah. get into it because this anime is 20 years old but I will respect every <laughs> single listener's ability to have not watched the show but basically I mean this uh, one I feel too is like kind of like just niche enough that if you're a newer fan you've probably never heard of it but like there's no, people who haven't heard of Yu Yu has... Show. I'm like, how have you not heard of Yu Yu Show? And I'm like, because it came out over here in like '98 or '99 or whatever. So yeah, that makes sense. Condor Falcon is making up shows again. Oh, yeah, I know. Man. It's really weird. I have a problem. Okay. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're gonna tell us you're addicted to Final Fantasy 14 or something. I mean, <laughs> just but my boy Gaius. <laughs> I I kind of just wanted you to just be like. And just look at the, like the like the little like the little thing in the back. Like, am I mm-hmm. addicted? <laughs> <laughs> Best twenty bucks I ever spent. Okay, that's that, that's not bad. Oh, geez. sorry I keep like bending over here. It's, I'm getting hot and then I'm getting cold. I have like a fan yeah. pointing at me. Anyway, yeah. to understand what this whole weird thing has been about for the audio listeners, I have a standee of Final Fantasy XIV behind me, and uh, it's pretty awesome, and Condor is very jealous of me. Yes, I'm, aware. I'm jealous of a game yes. that you have, to, you have to pay monthly for. Yes, as you should be. Yes, totally. We get, we get anyway, monthly updates. It's great. Not only is Kirika good with a weapon, but she's really great at hand-to-hand combat, too, as we've seen in the show where she's actually really good at punching people and kicking them. Mm-hmm. I love how in the opening theme they just right away kind of show you the difference between the two of them style. Like we get mm-hmm. the the silhouette of Muriel kind of doing some basic hand to hand and some gunplay, and then and then we get the silhouette of Kirika just rolling all over the place and just <laughs> bodies going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, she's yeah. just tumbling about, having a good time. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Muriel has heels on. Yes. Yeah, True. So that really yep. can't. Yeah, actually, you're I limited. Seen her, like roll around that much in the show either way. Yeah. So, yes, but yeah, basically they're both different. But I would say Kirika is definitely the better fighter, the yes, better she, assassin. Yeah. All right, Falcon, who did you kill? Uh, I don't know. Probably somebody though. But yes, the sirens are in mind. So if you're like listening to this in the car, don't worry. It, it, Falcon, it, this, that, this happens literally like 
every single time we record. Literally, I'm between like the two busiest intersections in Nashville. Like it's yeah. just there's literally a fire department like diagonally, like a fire station diagonally across from me. So like if there's a fire, I immediately hear like the fire trucks and stuff going out. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Plus, you should I'm have hired this, Noir. Like, really busy turn. Yeah that people speed around. So there's always like wrecks right outside my apartment complex entrance. So I I'm always hearing like brake squealing and not hearing the thud, which is good. Cause that means nobody got hurt. But then I'm also like my brain triggers that like, I didn't hear the thud and that's supposed to come because that's what you hear on TV. It's like, it kind of bothered by it. And it's just all emotions everywhere all the time. So Kirika is my second yeah. favorite character of the show. I would say. Okay. Because I really liked her style. And I kind of like the silent, like this little silent character a bit too. So I, I really did like every time she was on the screen, every time she was kicking butt. But other than that, she doesn't really have that much of a personality. But that's to be fair, considering of the fact that she doesn't know who she, she is. Amnesia. Yes, Falcon. Amnesia. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say she's quad. I would just say she's more like stoic and kind of broody. Uh, broody? I would not say she was broody. That is a bold claim. Yeah, I mean, especially towards the later end a little bit, yeah. Well, like, later in the end, yeah, when, like, more things get revealed. But, like, in the beginning, like, they didn't really learn about themselves until, like, episode 17 right. or something, I would say. That's, like, near the end. But, like, before then, like, she would, I wouldn't say she was broody. I'd say she was just more, like, quiet and mm. stuff. Especially with, like, some of my favorite episodes were actually in the middle, which it was, like, with, like, the little character ones where they, like, interacted with, like, the people in, the, like, the world. Like, the one with Muriel's uh, uncle, that was a really good one. My favorite, my favorite episode is probably the one with Chloe when when he, when she goes to go kill that guy. Mm-hmm. I really like that one because I, the Chloe episode. Yeah, I, I that's actually that's actually what cemented Chloe as my favorite character. But we are talking about Chloe. Not yet, you, at least. Josh, what do you think about Kirika? I absolutely love Kirika. She is tied uh, for first for me. She here's what's what's really interesting about her is is at first you're when you're when you're watching the show yeah she's very stoic she's very quiet but then she has these moments where like like in the beginning she at one point she breaks down crying in front of muriel because she's scared that she's a sociopath she's afraid that because she doesn't feel anything when she kills people because it's been so trained into her it's just a reactionary thing it's she just she doesn't know what she's doing she just goes into kill mode and it scares her that that doesn't bother her, but uh, it, it's all you know um, uh, irony because sh- the fact that she's scared that that doesn't bother her uh, shows that she's not, in fact, a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the first episode where we see her personality kind of come through and her, her start to wake up was when uh, 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 Chloe came over for a tea party. I love that tea party. <laughs> that yeah. was such a great episode. Every show has to have the wholesome tea party episode. I know, right? It was also the most awkward tea party ever. Yeah. And poor Muriel, you know, and I don't blame her at all. She's completely on edge the whole time. She's like, why are we even talking to this person? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Oh, gosh. It's like, why are you here? And Chloe just walks in, and then Kirik's like, would you like tea? Why are you giving her tea? I love I like how she's like, no, stop. What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, that's where we see Kerika kind of come to life because she doesn't realize it at the time why she feels so kindred to Chloe. Mm-hmm. 
but she does and it makes her feel like she's not alone she's not mm -hmm. you know the freak anymore it makes her feel a little bit more normal whereas when she's with Muriel she's worried that she's mm -hmm. this freak monster just because Muriel is not the you know pre-programmed killing machine mm -hmm. that she is so I, I absolutely love her she's adorable um and it says a lot about me that that I could find a a a, a murder machine adorable. Hey, you gotta protect the tiny, you gotta protect the tiny humans. Yeah, I mean they do kind of give her like when she's not fighting, they kind of give her like a lost puppy persona a lot of the time. She just kind of doesn't know what to do and just kind of wandering oh. around. And then it's like, all right, we got a job. All right, killing machine mode. I really yeah. like the episode with the like, when she was drawing and there was the guy yeah, who was also too. drawing. I the really like that yeah. one. Yeah, can, can we take a moment to talk about the lost kitten episode, uh, and where she really struggled with that that oh, kill? That was awesome, really. oh, so that, that episode that was episode, that was episode six, right? Uh, I think so. Seven, I think. Yeah, it was six. It was that episode was six. That was because the right episode after that was the Intercabule, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and oh take my goodness, that Falcon! Ha! <laughs> That episode, so so this was my sixth time like watching through the show, and it's that episode still makes me cry, um, it, 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 because we see that she's not the so we we clearly see that she's not the sociopath that she fears she is, because she immediately empathizes with this person, mm -hmm. and the the kitten is just, is such a perfect allegory for how she feels. She she's been kind of taken in by somebody with a dark past, just like this kitten has. And it's so hard for her to pull the trigger on this, literally, because she she sees herself in this person. She's like clearly afraid that someday she's going to be this old person who's trying to make up for all these sins she's committed by helping people. And we went seeing her empathize with another human being like that was just so beautifully done. I will say that was beautifully done. That was a really good episode. Mm -hmm. I like those episodes where it's just like, there's like emotional weight to the things. Mm -hmm. Like really big emotional weight. That episode too was just very Russian. I mean, the, 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 the musical piece that, that wasn't just used in that one, but it, it's a particular piece on the soundtrack that just sounds like, the, you know your classic Russian tragedy, and like the whole thing with 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 the snow, and it just it had very like no this is a this is a sad Russian tale uh, vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. It was it was it was it was one of the probably one of the best episodes in the show. I'd say really made Kirika's character shine a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We can understand her. Her 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 problems, her despairs, her thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to what we were saying earlier with the one where she learns how to paint or whatever. Uh, I think that was thirteen. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, season of hell. Oh, uh, where now, she you're needs to... now you're trying to show me up. Haha! -ha, yeah, I, I, am. Even, I don't even have the episode list. This is all from my memory, dude. Oh sure, sure. I'm sure. dead. I, I can screenshot you. you right now. <laughs> mm, I wouldn't believe it. Um, yeah, yeah, where okay. she she finally kind of learns why Muriel keeps trying to tell her to stay away from this this painter guy because everything kind of works out bad in the end because of what their profession is. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, it was kind of nice seeing her be able to just like decompress and like try to paint this scene and mm -hmm. just kind of befriend this guy along the way, even though she knows she really probably shouldn't, but she doesn't have any other friends besides Muriel. And even half the time, it's like, is she really my friend or is she just going to like decide I'm not worth it and put a bullet in me one day? Like that could very much happen. Yeah. 
and, and it was a lesson she needed to learn for herself yeah. because because the more experienced and wiser Muriel can tell her all she wants, but Kirika's not going to really believe it or know it until mm-hmm. she experiences that herself. It was it was another good uh, growth marker for her character. It was. Mm-hmm. It really was. Kirika had some really good episodes, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But the next character has the best episode. Woo! Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to moving on. Chloe. Woo! Chloe. Look at those boots. <sighs> Look at them. Yeah, those boots. She... Those boots are styling. She is the epitome of a gay girl's dream. Like, <laughs> <sighs> I can see it. Yeah, she was madly in love with Kiriko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it was great. Madly no, being the key <laughs> word there. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so Chloe is another assassin we meet. Uh, what, roughly a little before halfway through the show, I, I guess? I think it's like episode, it was after ten. The- yeah, it's episode ten. Oh like, yeah, the, the true, true noir. noir. Yeah, the true noir. Yeah. Um. The, during a mission, uh, she kind of comes in, and uh, she, the thing that always weirded me out was she warns the mark that noir is out to kill him, and it was just a matter of time. Uh, but then we find out later she tells uh Kirika and uh Muriel that she is in fact the true noir, and that they're essentially just stealing her name. Um. Yeah, we find out she's just somebody else who's a really skilled assassin there, and they're trying to you figure out noir, more about it. I'm noir. Yeah. She is the true noir. The true um, yeah. noir. She wears that cloak all the time. Except when she's not, then she has like a black yeah. bodysuit, kind of. I do like the episode where we get to see her room in that like manor in Paris or whatever, and mm-hmm. she's got like all these clothes and dresses, like, nope, grabbing this green cloak. Yeah. Just be like, here we go. This is who she is. To- Yep. I think it just goes to show she was like very loved yeah. as growing up mm-hmm. by the person who we t- who we'll talk about next. But you know she still yeah. chooses to just whatever she wants. It's like yeah. me. It's like if my mom ever got me like all these clothes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm still wearing my pajamas. I don't care. <laughs> Does True. that make me an assassin? <gasps> what? No, oh! you're not an assassin. Spy montage. Bam, bam. You would, uh, no, you would. Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh wow! Okay, I guess I can't be an assassin for you, Falcon. I see how. No, it is. you cannot be an assassin for me. Okay. I appreciate the offer, but I'm not. I'm not hiring. Well, Chloe's. I think Chloe's my favorite character because she's just confident in who she is, and I like. I like seeing confidence in a character where uh, Muriel was emotional and Kirika just didn't really know who she was. Mm-hmm. I really like seeing Chloe being confident, like showing up, like the two main heroines, just being cool. And then we saw the episode with her, as I mentioned earlier, with the with the old guy. And like he's like she's just like spending time with him instead of just like doing her job right away, and she like protects him. But then she she you know she actually does it. And uh, I like the part where basically the guy was like telling her about like his story about like how his I think it was his daughter got killed by this company, and he really regrets it, and that made him like change his ways and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you know she kills him because it was her job, and then she didn't have to do it, but she went and got revenge for the guy by killing killing the uh the the guy who killed his daughter. And I'm just yeah. like. Oh, I love this. This is good. This is good. I loved it. I love that episode. It was a good episode. Yeah, she very much did the beginning. You don't really know whose side she's on because it's like she's not actively trying yeah. to harm the group. It really, I really but felt she's like not she's really like helping them, them either. It's just kind of she's there. And you're kind of like, okay, she keeps kind of showing up. Are you a good guy, a bad guy? Then she a has those cool both. knives. 
She doesn't have the cool <laughs> knives. She has the cool knives. That's so cool. Yeah. She doesn't want to use a gun. She just wants to either like throw it and stab people or just slice them up. You know, that's, that's I don't how she think works. She, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely drawing a blank. But did she ever use a gun until like late in the show? Not that I don't see. No, I don't think she ever used a gun. It's pretty much the knives exclusively, is, from what okay. I remember. Okay. Yeah, everyone uses guns, so I kind of just put. Not everybody. The guns. one person uses her nails. That wasn't her nails. That was a bug. They explained that. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> which Maybe is, I which missed is, that. How could you miss it? She, Chloe literally says, oh, poison insects. Wow. Because I was sick when I was watching, like, the middle part of the show. So, like, I was watching it, but my comprehension of some of it was like, wait, did I miss something? So I, I might have missed a few things here and there. All right, I Josh. I could tell you're eager to talk about <laughs> Chloe. Let, let's hear it. What, how, do you, how, how, do we, how do we like Chloe? Uh, I love Chloe for multiple wow! reasons. Uh, the first, and this is why she's tied with first with Kirika, is because the two of them are actually like kind of the same, uh, almost two sides to the same character. Now you're just spoiling. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll try <laughs> to get too much into spoilers, but that's part of the best thing about both characters mm -hmm. is the way that they're supposed to be the same person, but slightly different influences and their lives have made huge differences. Um, Chloe, uh, at, at, even at first, the, when you first meet her, is a lot of fun because she enjoys her job. She's got like awful, a real, like I said, she's yeah. got, and she's got a real yeah. plucky attitude about it, which, which, which always in, in media like translates to like a, an entertaining, fun character. When you see someone who loves what they do, you immediately kind of mm -hmm. like, yeah, I like it's that. Why, it's why Roman and Neo are my favorite criminals in Ruby because they just love what they do. Yeah, you gotta like what you do. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, her whole style, of course. Um, she, uh, uh, yeah, and 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 we see, like in the episode that you mentioned, we see that she too has this like uh, heart and and compassion. She's not totally cold blooded either. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that, that, uh, she has this affection, this very open affection for Kirika, um, also goes against the whole, uh, well, to be good at, at being a killer, you have to be a sociopath thing, because now we have yet another super good at her job, cold blooded killer who also like feels things, mm -hmm. um, Especially the, with uh, with Altina as well, not like feels like like yeah with, with yeah. Kirika, but like you know more like oh I I'm back oh I missed you so much like it's kind of like a mother daughter mother yeah daughter. It, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah she has a very uh, mother daughter relationship with Altina mm -hmm. and um, yeah she she feels a lot which is very good when you're trying to relate to a character especially if that character is super killy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's she's amazing. Her her and her and Kirika just. If there could be a gap between second place and first place, 1. just 5. because, yeah, because, because, because both of them are just like so much further above all the other characters for me. Mm -hmm. well, there's not really many characters to choose from, to be honest. No, no, no there's not. But, you know, <laughs> everyone either that has a name. Falcon. I said this to Falcon before you came in, but I'm yeah. like, if you're a guy, you're 90% most likely going to be dead in this show. Yeah. Mm hmm. It was like, if you got a name, you were probably dying by the end of the episode, or you didn't have a name, and you still <laughs> died before the end of the episode, uh, which was interesting, but also, you know, hard to make characters talk about. Uh, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. 
Well, I guess I guess uh, any other more thoughts about Chloe, gentlemen? Uh, no, I think Chloe is just really interesting. Moving on, then. Let's <laughs> yes. go to the last character. Okie dokie. Uh, we've got Altena. She sucks. Ooh. Moving on. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> goodbye. No, I'm kidding. Goodbye. Boo. I will say, can, you, can we put Altena back on the screen, please? Yeah, yeah. I like her design. I will say her mm -hmm. design is pretty cool. I will say that she probably has the best design in the show. Mm. That is the only nice thing I will say about her. I don't know. She's too. She has too much. Uh, well, I can't really say it. It'd kind of be a spoiler. So never mind. I will not. Uh, but I'm not a huge fan of her design. I think I, Chloe has a better design. I think Muriel has a better design too. Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other three have the best designs, uh, in my opinion. But I kind of, I kind of like like the, the, the just the white thing like draping over her like purple. Like the like the kind of like priestly robe kind of deal. Yeah. It just looks nice to me. That's all. Maybe, it's maybe hard to. Maybe because I'm playing a lot of Tales, Tales of, and they have like wacky costumes in that game, you know. Yeah, wacky but, costumes. Yeah, well, her, this hers is who the I most. Met, and he has like a wolf thing on his like his like shoulder, like it's like a literally a, a stone wolf. I'm like, why? It's so cool. Why? I guess hers does stand out as the most eccentric, simply because it is based in the real world, and the other three kind of dressed in dress in uh, at least somewhat uh normal mm -hmm. fashion yes um, where she's wearing priest robes wear for a religion that that doesn't mm -hmm. exist so her mm -hmm. outfit's going to stand out the most yeah kind of hard to say, talk about her me... without getting into spoilers though yeah yeah i, I told um, condor i didn't even think we'd put her on here but he's like we only have three others i'm like well true <laughs> like it was very much like mm, okay um um altena is a character who has a really unique name and is also uh the bad guy there we yeah. go. <laughs> Hooray! Okay. I think all I think all we can really say is uh, cults is bad, and cult leaders tend to be really, really awful, despicable people. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. I was gonna say she gave me like very cult leader vibes, and I'm like, yeah. Like, is that technically going too far right now? It's like. Mm. Well, yes. we could talk more about her when we get later, but we should we should have at least mentioned her because she is one of the characters that shows up in the show, and in the opening. And, and, the opening, and and she does have like a very uh, motherly quality, like towards Chloe. Uh, she she's very um, her her personality comes off as very loving, well, like like a cult leader should. Uh, mm -hmm. Cult leaders are good at making you feel loved and special, and and she's got that in spades. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Well, All right. Like Anything else we want to say about the characters, or shall we talk about the opening and ending? Colts are scary. Yes. Yes, they are, Condor. <laughs> yes, let's talk about the music, right? Is yes. Woo! All right. So we had the music one opening. is very good. A 12 out of 10 for the music. Yep. Hard agree. I just want to say so I, I watched this on Funimation. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, I watch with subtitles on because I just like mm -hmm. keeping the subtitles on because especially with like the first episode and the second episode they were like really quiet. So I thought this I show you needed it. The audio mixing was really weird. Like I had I turned my volume up and then like when I could make out what they were saying, then they'd shoot a gun and it would sound like super loud. So I probably had to turn on mm -hmm. captions just because I was like, there's times where I can hear what they're saying fine, and there's times to where it's like they're whispering and the music's drowning them out. I, so, yeah. I think it was episode eight. And literally, one of the subtitles—it was like one of the—it was like a girl just like, ah! 
like that, just going like that. And uh, the subtitle literally said, girl singing in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm just like, how do you know she's in the bathroom? What? I know. <laughs> I had one that said something funny. similar. It wasn't that, but yeah, it was like man chanting like over like it, it was like something really specific and i was like okay um yeah. I, I think it's because when like like when, when we see like the the scenes uh mm-hmm. where it's just like the, the humming or like singing we don't really like pay attention to the subtitle but when you do sometimes it just something, something really goofy did you see anything like that josh in uh when you watched it uh when i when i have watched it with subtitles of the past and i always get a kick out of stuff like that because i imagine the the person whose job it is to write subtitles is like man do i get if i get paid by the word i'm going to put my commentary on this music this sounds like the uh west asian wind chime uh like cars screeching in new york yeah (laughs) Mm, sound effects (laughs) Cop siren, probably by Falcon's apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it. Uh, oh, man, the sound. It, Soundtrack. It, it, yeah. oh, I especially like the the song that plays whenever they open up the pocket watch. Oh, I always thought that yeah. one really stand out. That was time. really good. I, I feel like a big problem with animes these days is that the soundtrack isn't really that good. Like mm-hmm. other than like the opening or, it, or it's theme, or like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's like fine but it's not memorable so yeah. so like 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 my hero for example it has a great soundtrack that fits the scenes and stuff but i can never remember the music for it like none of it's like the 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 score doesn't get stuck in my head yeah you know like 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 this does run. that's it you just gotta say you say run that's it i mean yeah. that's kind of how we feel with most of the shows we've done we'll be like the background music was fine the only exception we really that i can remember. remember off the top of my head is uh kekai sense and blood blockade battlefront like that, that there's a few really you really liked there. Yeah, that, that has some like kind of similar vibes to this, mm-hmm. but I feel like this one did it a lot better. Like maybe Kekai Sensen was inspired by this soundtrack because Kekai Sensen's mm-hmm. more kind of like the same a little bit, but more supernatural, way more supernatural. Yeah. But uh yeah, I really like the soundtrack uh for this. It was very memorable. I feel like a lot of if you were if a person is to watch this anime, the soundtrack will definitely be one of the main takeaways, probably right from like episode one and two, like right right from the get-go it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to like amp up later it's just good it's always yeah, good. I think started i was like two minutes in and i sent condor a message like just started but the soundtrack's already bopping like i i so like the opening theme I, I, like I, yeah i love it because so like i'm a big fan of like classic 70s noir films and mm-hmm. and it it they really went for it with that with the color palette the the type of the 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 way the song goes and everything and it just creates this feel of like oh no we're watching like a classic noir uh crime drama (laughs) and and it ah it it slaps it slaps so good especially like the title part how they lined it up Mm. up up with those vocals oh man it makes me happy so i skipped it a lot don't kill me please please don't kill me shame um you have against alley project no, I really liked it. I just wanted to like hurry up and just watch the show. But uh, I actually listened to it before we recorded, and yeah, I, I will agree. Uh, I said I'm just gonna watch it for fresh in my mind for when mm-hmm. for when we do the podcast. I really liked it a lot. Like I listened to it like three times, and I'm just like, this is real. This is a really good bop. Like it's really good. Uh, the the visuals are nice for it. I feel like the visuals really fit the opening as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it, all in all for the show, it's a perfect opening. 
Yeah, it definitely fits the vibe of the show very much. Like, you know what you're getting into and you see it. You're like, okay, we're good. Uh, and that brings us, I guess, to the ending. Uh, Kirei no Kanjo by Akino Arai. Whoa! Uh, that's another. Uh, so I listen to the song a lot. So I, I, I have the CD in my car. And it's probably the seat. I have a six disc changer because it's an older car. And that's probably the CD we listen to most, the kids and I, because it's so good. But that that song in particular always gets me all uh, kind of emotional. So the first time I watched this show, I kept watching this end theme and trying to figure out like when it takes place or where it takes place because it's it's Kirika at some nude beach, just relaxing. And she seems happy and at peace. Um, Muriel's nowhere around, but like, it seems like, Oh, she's, she's finally found like solace. But when does this take place? And I started to, to suspect like, Oh, this is like the happy ending. That's not going to happen. Like this is, this is the piece she's never going to find. And, and so I, 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 I attributed it with sadness and then I'm not going to spoil the end, but like um, just the, the fact that it's a very like story driven end theme. It's not just random. Like mm-hmm. here's the characters, here's the music, here's the credits, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. It's very much like, no, this is a, this is part of the story and it's a nice, is, uh, beautiful coda. That mm-hmm. is definitely not a take I would have take out of it from my first watch through, but you are the expert here, my friend. So I will, I actually really like when you explain it that way. I actually really like that take. I think it was really interesting to hear. I'm definitely uh, not an expert. I just get really emotionally involved in some of the stuff I watch. <laughs> and I put, didn't you say you watched Noir six times? I think you are the expert here, my friend. <laughs> no. All right. I'll wear the hat. Yeah. <laughs> here you go. Yeah. There we go. Oh, I got, I got also Sonic and Pokemon. Which hat do you want? Oh no, the definitely the zero. Like that's Heck yeah, yeah. Look at the pixels. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. yeah, I have some stories about these hats, but let's talk about the <laughs> ending theme instead. Uh, basically, yeah, uh, I would say the ending. A lot of people, from what I've read and from what I've come to to say, is a. Uh, to, to see for myself is a lot of people say that the anything could probably take place like after the show's over because technically mm-hmm. not, well, I'm not going to spoil the, the ending yet, but if you, if you, 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 obviously we've all watched the show, so it could be like after the anime is over, you know, technically, but uh, the ending theme, not that good in my opinion, but again, it fits the show. And I feel like uh, I listened to it before the, the podcast again. I think it would be a really nice thing to listen to when you're just like relaxing and just reading in your in your room i i really like just sometimes i like to read i read light novels i read fanfic so sometimes if i just need that nice mm-hmm. little relaxing track uh i would put on i actually put on beneath the mask from uh from persona 5 i actually i do that but with like a thunder like a like a rainstorm like vibe in the background is actually really relaxing to hear like rain mm-hmm. when you're reading i would definitely listen to this ending theme as well if i was reading i might just add it to my uh my my, my little list of songs so that's my I mean, it's great, that. like rainy day mood music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like put this on, then put the jazz version of a uh, Goto's theme from Ace Attorney, and just have a have a great playlist going on. You know, what did you think of the ending theme, Falcon? I liked it. Uh, I don't think it's going to be one I listen to all the time, uh, but I felt it was good. Uh, there were a few times I thought it was weird, like there'd be some like kind of more actiony heavy episode at the end, and then all of a sudden it's just you know, 
Kirika laying around just enjoying life with this kind of really slow song, but <laughs> I felt most of the time it it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Soundtrack is good. Yes. It gets an A plus from us. Easily the best soundtrack, yeah. I think, just in general out of everything we've watched on the show so far. Now, I couldn't nice. find a character poll for uh, for Noir, which, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, I feel like a character poll wouldn't be necessary because then there's only four characters. Uh, but I feel like if there was a character poll, I would probably say Kirika would probably get first place. It'd probably go my Kirika, Chloe, uh, Muriel, then Altina. For like the the four yeah. main characters, I feel like that that's how it would go if there was a fan poll for it. But that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe Muriel's first place. I don't know anything. And knowing anime fans, I see there's no way Kirika does not get first place in this one, and I don't yeah. see there's any way that Chloe does not get second. And, and, and Chloe, it would be really close. Like let's say it would be like it'd probably be like a 10, 20 vote difference between mm-hmm. Kirika and Chloe. I'd say, in my opinion. Would you say that? Summation is accurate, Josh. If if I was a if there was a noir poll, yeah, I I I, I think I tend to agree. I look at a lot of fan art uh, for it, um, and it it seems that that Kirika is kind of like the star, mm-hmm. um, and then most of, like most of the fan art uh, I see seems to stick with the uh, Muriel and and Kirika relationship, um, and then. Uh, there's a lot of Chloe just like solo art, which tells me that like she's super popular, she's super loved, but a lot of the fans like kind of recognize where the romantic relationship is. So that, that probably uh, gauging by based on that, I, I think you're probably accurate that Kirika would probably be first place, Chloe mm-hmm. second, and then Muriel third. Yep. Okay. And then nobody would vote for Altinix. They'd be like, oh yeah, she existed. That's right. <laughs> Uh, maybe people who like Colts would vote for her. I don't know. I feel <laughs> like the cat would get more votes than Altena. It would probably be like Kirika, Chloe, the cat, Muriel, and then Altena. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because like I don't look at a lot of polls, but I look at a lot of fan art for for the shows that I like. Mm-hmm. And you can usually you could always tell which ones are popular and which ones get a lot of love. And a lot of bad guys get a lot of love, but mm-hmm. I never see. I really never see any fan art for Altina. I, I think she's pretty uh, unanimously uh, hated. By the way, I just want to say that when I type in Noir anime poll into my search engine, one of the first results is, here are the results for the Persona 5's 5th anniversary character poll. Whoa! <laughs> the boy Ryuji's number one, right? Right? Tell me. Tell me. It's tell your boy! Oh, yeah. I actually don't know. I didn't check. Nah, I Ryuji would not be number one. <laughs> I like Ryuji. I still we're not talking about Persona him. 5. No, we're not. Anyway, anything else oh, wow. you want to say about the music? We actually got last place. Yikes. Ooh, sad days. Anything about the music? Uh, it's, a, it's a bop. Uh, if I found the soundtrack cheap for cheap, I'd probably buy it. <laughs> but knowing I probably oh. is, is really expensive. I'd say last thing I'd say on the soundtrack is it's incredibly fitting for the show with how like religious it sounds. It sounds very like a uh, uh, church choir orchestral um, and or, or very like monks from a monastery type type music. Mm-hmm. And at first it might seem out of place. Uh, it, it never quite did for me, but but as you yeah. move along in the story, it really like tracks why the music sounds so um european religious 
Well, I believe for what I'm watching anime, one of the things I believe is when a music like kind of sets the the plate the 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 pace of a show. It sets the pace of a show. So when I heard the music from the beginning, I, I thought it fit right away for what the show was trying to show. So mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yeah. There and are think- rarely any times when I watch an anime and I feel like the music is out of place, like just like the regular soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think too that's just the style of the person who did the composing, uh, Yuki Kaidra. Um, Dot Hack Sign has a very very similar vibe. Um, but I'm looking at some of the other shows that she's done, and out of the ones I've watched, I I, I definitely think that's just kind of part of something she likes. Like she also did a uh, Madoka Magica, she did Fate Zero, she did Sword Art uh. Online. Yeah, uh, Reservoir Chronicles, Demon Slayer. Did, did you say Sword Art Online? Yeah. But did you know that Tales of Arise has a Sword Art Online collaboration event where you could fight Kirito in it? We're not talking about Tales of Arise. This game is awesome. <laughs> I, I've heard. I'm trying to get through Scarlet Nexus, okay? Let me play my JRPGs in <laughs> and peace. And you chose Life is Strange over Tales of Arise. You should be and Life is Strange was terrific. I yeah. got this arm, okay? Better. It was great. Yeah, it was that's a pretty good game. I mean, I, I'm not saying I hate Life is Strange. I love Life is Strange, but to me, this game is better. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it sounds like uh, her she she has a a master of using the incorporating the human voice into music. Mm-hmm. Like she's just phenomenal. You said she did music in Demon Slayer too. Yep, impressive. Speaking of uh, what season two started up, she also did Mobile Suit Gundam Seed and Seed Destiny. She did uh, cutscene music for Xenosaga two and three, but not the first one. Okay, that's a little weird. You think it'd be the same person, but you know, maybe they just thought the first person was really bad. Maybe, and they decided to get give him the boot. Possibly, give him the boot. Give him the boot. One of Chloe's boots. Give him the boot. A boot to the face, <laughs> and a knife to the stomach. Oof! Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should talk about some of our favorite moments of the show. Yes. Do we want to? Do we want to give the the spoilery warning here, or do we just want to go uh, full out, or do we want to? Well, this is the part where we would usually do a weep question, but I really, I really can't. I really can't think. No, of a I can't question. think of it either. More like, how about? Uh, do you have any any weep questions, Josh? Anything you would ask us about the show? Mm, think of? I think it would be all all spoilery. Good the questions I have for you guys. Spoilers at this point. At this point, spoilers. <laughs> yep. Okay, go ahead and do it. So how, what did you guys think about the whole thing at the end with um, uh, uh, Kirka was supposed to be, you know, Chloe's the, uh, other half of Noir and how uh, how that went down with when when she was out there at the uh, at the manor and um when she got the evil eyes, I got sad. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of <laughs> like the concept for the story, but it also kind of made me just feel bad for Chloe because I feel like the whole time all 10 is just like, just wait, Kirika's going to come back and you all are going to be together forever. Yeah, she and completely like gaslit her. brainwash thing. Of yeah. Being yeah. Like, it's kind of yeah. sad because Chloe loves her. Yeah. Chloe literally loves Altena, but like then at the same time, Altena was like, oh, but, but Kirika's better in a way. And Chloe's like, oh, I know, isn't she great? And then, you know. Yeah, it, it, they really did a good job at showing how gaslit Chloe was into mm-hmm. believing uh, Altina's manipulations. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it got really hard. I, th- I want to say it was the penultimate episode when um, uh, Chloe and, and, and Karika 
had to, um, you know, pick a side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, they chose their sides. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it was heartbreaking. Again, it, works. it was, it was, it was, pre- it was yeah. pretty emotional. Like that, like final yeah. moment when they had to like fight each other. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I felt, I felt a little hard because I'm like, one of them is going to die. And we obviously know who it is. Cause it's, the show isn't mm-hmm. about, isn't about Chloe. I, I think for me, one of the most powerful, like emotionally charged action scenes was uh, at the, when they were storming the manor and they're running, they're fighting their way through the, the vineyard. And uh, just with the music going and the fact that, you know, like, uh, you know, Muriel and, and, and Karika don't think they're going to come out of it alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got, you know, this determination, like we, we can't just walk away from this either. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, you know, something has to happen. We have to pull the trigger. And, and it was just, it was, it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals in this show aren't, aren't great because they're extremely dated, but yeah. that action sequence to me was, it had the right amount of emotional charge behind it. Oh. It was also weird just seeing like nuns just like pop out of the gray yeah. vineyard with guns. <laughs> yeah. Being like, ah! Yeah. I, man, this this anime is so good. I'm gonna show it to my church class, gets to the final episode. <laughs> oh. I mean, like most animes, if there's a religious organization there, the religion is almost like always the bad guy at the end. I feel like that's just yeah. to be that happened that happened in, in the Shield Hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That happened in Shield Hero. What I feel like it does happen quite often. It what is, a lot what anime media, trying actually, to tell, is anime is trying to tell us religion terrible. is bad? <laughs> I mean, religion's not inherently bad. It's like the like bad people who get into religion just to do really terrible things. It's like, hey, I could have all this power if I like fake this religion thing and work my way up to the top and then do whatever I want to do. It'll be great. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's never inherently the religion itself is bad. It's always like the leader of the some religion that is bad. Religion. Yeah. yeah. It just paints a bad name for the religion, so it's, right. it's really not fair to the religion. Well, because it's a great it's a great plot device too to show how that cult of personality could make mm-hmm. good people do bad things. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. just like the number it did on Chloe, um, you know, Chloe could have Noir could have been could could have been a a, a thruple. Yeah, they could um, just, have overthrown Alten and be like, it's the three of us, and now it's not two people, it's three, let's just go. But yeah, no, it was yeah, very That much. could have been one of the outcomes, yeah, but you yeah. know, but, it has but the... to be two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and again, that's like kind of going into what religious doctrine is, like this mm-hmm. whole like, no, it's written in stone, it has to be this way, stop with your logic and your reason, no, it <laughs> was written this way, let it be so. Yeah. <laughs> Stop with your words in my head. They are not making sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so like, one of the things that that got me hooked on this show originally was uh, I grew up with, I have this big Italian family on my mom's side and I was obsessed with um, Italian mafia movies like The Godfather and stuff and all these, you know, these long, slow burn crime dramas. Um, and this show kind of felt like that. And then it, it 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 had a lot of similarities toward uh, uh, for it, especially um, getting towards the end where the soldats factions kind of split off, and you have the more like organized crime faction 
And it's like, look, this, this culty stuff isn't good for business. Like our, we're supposed to be like secretly ruling the world. And, and this is a little too crazy. Like we need to kind of rein it in. And then the, the hyper-religious sect kind of pulling off of it and being like, uh, no, because we're true believers. Um, so we're, you know, we're taking the party over and, and which, you know, unfortunately is something we kind of see today where you have uh, what, how, a, how powerful a small group of extremists, uh, their influence can be over a larger entity. And in this case with the soldats, like the, the, the priestesses and, and the, the religious extremists in it took over and just wiped out the other side. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of something I like too, because the fact Chloe's like, hopefully you're like, maybe Alten is like the good person in Soldat. Then you finally find out at the end, mm -hmm. it's like, oh no, like she's just going against what everybody else wants and just has enough people under her to like make it happen. It's like mm -hmm. pretty much she has Chloe and Chloe can just beat up all the others. So it's like, she has Chloe and she's winning. Like, yeah. If you want to side with her, you can, but just know like, the rest of us don't like it. And also she's kind of the reason your life got screwed over all those years ago. So take that into consideration too. Like I yep. very much liked how it was kind of like, you should have seen it coming and I didn't really think much about it. And then it's like, oh yeah, I, I should have totally seen that. Like, oh, this lady lives in like some rundown ruin of a manor that like has this weird vineyard outside. She totally should have pegged it. But yeah, it, uh, I it feel was, like, it was I feel like, why didn't they just like, like, like if we think about it, so they basically to paint the picture for the audience, there was so basically the soldats, the bad guys. There mm -hmm. was these five guys who were like the leaders, and then there was Altana who was like going off on her own. But Altana was also a leader. But they did the five guys yeah. didn't really like Altana. Why didn't the five guys just like send? By the way, five guys is a great place to eat. Why didn't the five guys just like when Chloe Sponsor was the show? Of, when Chloe was on one of her missions, just send people to kill her? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so we saw we saw at the end that Altana can like fight. But like, mm -hmm. if it was like out, she was outnumbered. Maybe she wouldn't have won. I, I'm not entirely sure how that. So I think I think it's the same. I I think we see it the same thing today with like certain political mm -hmm. factions where they 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 like the enthusiasm that 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 far off uh, religious sect uh, builds for them. So like everyone in the soldats kind of like shared the 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 religion of the soldats. Um, and if they were to just be like, okay, you know what? The priestess who kind of run, runs the is, is in charge of the religious part of it. Uh, like if we go against her, that's going to like turn a lot of people against mm -hmm. us. Okay, um, and point. so, yeah. so they had to kind of wait until like, she kind of made herself an enemy, but by then she'd had too much power. She had too much Chloe on her side. Mm -hmm. Um, so there, it was kind of a lost cause to try and separate. It's, yeah. it's, it, you know, they, they, they couldn't put the, uh, the genie back in the lamp or yeah. whatever the expression is. I guess, I guess if Chloe came home to a dead Altena, then Chloe would probably go ballistic. Oh, she would just go crazy and kill everybody. She wouldn't even care who they were. She'd be like, nope, you're gone. But yeah. I think, yeah. I think Josh kind of points out, like they don't want the infighting because if they infight yeah. over something, when it seems like small and insignificant, it could I, ruin the organization. So wait until it's proven that they're going to be harmful, but then they've got, Chloe and Biasin, like at some parts early on, they've even got the two main characters kind of under her palm, sort of too, as well. So it's kind of like she's got these like three like legendary level assassins on her side. What mm -hmm. can we do? Like, you see that, like, in a lot of their missions, the normal soldats are just like stormtroopers, they can't hit anything. 
And they're supposed yeah, to be that this like upset really so secretive much. underground organization that's thrived for years. And it's like and it's, you're standing yeah. right in front of me. Oh! It, it was it was a scene. It was a scene with the uh, with the poison insect lady, mm-hmm. and they were like on the stairs, right? And Muriel mm-hmm. got captured. It, it was Kirika, and there was like three guys. And they were like one of the like the big guys' personal garden. They can't yeah. even hit shoot Kirika. Are you? I'm like, are you serious? She really should have yeah. sh- shot right there. I I, I really yeah. thought she could have, but no, she she's just too good. She couldn't get shot. Even the time when Muriel's on the roof and she trips because of her heels, the guy's literally like five feet in front of her. The gun pointed right at her face, and she's like three shots, and they're all to the side of her. And it's like she should have yeah. taken a shot in the head and just fallen I down. That part. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> how can you miss so poorly? At least with the one scene where, where they went after the judge and there was the security guards mm-hmm. and the one security guard, like that made perfect sense because mm-hmm. one, it, 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 in an intense situation with your adrenaline pumping, it's hard to hit anything, hit any yeah. target. And that uh-huh. guy was clearly panicked and shaky. And that's why she was just like, not worried yet. No, go ahead. Shoot. Okay. Now, yeah. now it's my turn. Um, but like, yeah, the endless, uh, the endless sea of white dudes and black suits. <laughs> yeah one of them had to eventually get lucky and none of them did well, yeah the same one where they're with the judge there's that finally that one security guard he's like nope i'm just gonna leave yeah. and then like kirika cuts him off and he's like well crap yeah. <laughs> i'm not getting out of here i was like at least this one guy's like wait these girls are just like destroying us i'm just gonna go over up nope i'm screwed all right it's over yeah uh, so why are we fighting to the last man okay there was 40 of us now there's three of us why do we think that we have a better chance than the 40 of us did together yeah let's run away because they must be weakened they must be tired we can get them yeah or and this is why you use the religious cult as a plot device they're true believers and they'll die for the cause yeah (laughs) for the soldiers yeah god wills it Actually, I don't even think those people were soldats. Uh, that those like I feel like I know. No, those this, are just this, like police this officers. Where, this is the scene where they meet Chloe for the first time. Oh right, right, right. right yeah. Yeah, they weren't even soldats. Yeah, the, the, those were like, those so were just guards. Your your logic yeah. makes more sense than that case. You can't use the cult excuse because they're not a part of the cult. No, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were police officers. The whole thing with the judge is that he was uh, letting the police officers do whatever they wanted to do, and he was just pardoning them. So yeah, he just had cops. the police under his thumb. So he just had the police come to protect. If him. I was a corrupt cop and I saw I was my team was losing, I would hightail it the yeah. freak out of there. Yeah, they just well, you just enough, have a stronger survival sense than they do. I guess I, I mean do. maybe they were all just a bunch of like jabroni uh, meatheads who were like. No, I got this because I'm an alpha. To be fair, they're also French. So the French are like, our military might will win the day. And then they just get <laughs> annihilated, you know, like always. Yeah. No, I mean, they've actually won a decent number of battle wars. That's just the running joke, you know. But yeah, it's very much like, all right. Yeah, it's we will win. It's like everyone's dying. We should probably leave. No? Okay. <laughs> the plot says we can't go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, the only people who ever gave them in by trouble. The plot. Oh, yeah. God. The only people who ever gave them trouble were like the named assassins they fought. Uh, mm-hmm. The poison bug lady, the lady who uh, cut Muriel's hair when they were a kid, whose name I forgot. Sylvalee? No, that's not it. That's Pokemon. Something similar to that. Uh, the like, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. The, the, the girl who cut the Muriel's one they made hair. the flower crown with, and then she's like, "You must not be have fear." Yeah, and, like, the, the brittle that, princess, uh, Silva. Yeah, the Itakabile. Yeah. 
How could you forget that name? That's like the best name in the show. So, so because in Italian, it's actually pronounced intogible. Uh, it's untouchable. Um, but like, it, it's one of those things where, where, um, yeah, it's just pronounced translation. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like just, Chloe, Chloe. It yeah. Yeah, like uh, every everyone is bad at the languages that aren't their natural one. Mm-hmm. So like, like, yeah, it just happens. I mean, yeah, back then it was two thousand one, and anime wasn't like, like a big thing back then, like it is now. Yeah, it wasn't. So. It wasn't super worldwide uh, 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 spread as it is now, and they didn't have yeah. a lot of like international talent, like like to to pull from. Mm-hmm. So that is excused. Yep. Is oh, excused. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll always mean, excuse was... it in anime. <laughs> this is back in the day where it's like maybe this one specialty video store will have a copy of Dragon Ball. Oh, they have something other than Dragon Ball. Whoa! Like you Great know what day. anime that you know what anime that we actually watched that did that did the like the international voices really well. The Great Pretender that that did it really Great well. Pretender did I didn't, I didn't Great. see that. It's on Netflix. I well, we have it. a podcast. Like a you can watch about it. Yeah, <laughs> we have an episode. Mm-hmm. We still we need to watch the second season, season for that. Too. That one was good. Uh, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but yeah, Great Pretender did it like really well uh, compared to this one. But Great Pretender is more newer, so th- mm, that. Yeah. But if I'm just saying, if Great Pretender did it like poorly, then we would probably give it crap for that. But it, it didn't. Yeah, but no, I'm not. It, it we're not giving good. Noir crap for it because it was back in the time. This can it can be excused because anime wasn't. Yeah. Easy. I mean, it wasn't seen as a money maker. It was very be, much like I mean, you can do it. Perfectly honest, but... I'm sure Noir was probably. A bit, I'm not familiar. I didn't. My research didn't tell me that. But I'm sure I'm sure Josh can explain. But I, I'm surprised Noir got a dub in the first place. Do you know why he got a dub? I I do not. No, maybe a lot of people really liked it and um, they wanted to bring it over. So so um, I thought. So this is actually a question that I asked when I went to um, uh, the 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 Middle Tennessee anime. The name's escaping. Yeah. Well, you're saying you met Muriel and Kirika? <laughs> no. What? I, no, I, I asked somebody who worked for Funimation as far as like bringing in. Um, uh, it was a, uh, they were a director for Funimation, and they were ta- the panel was about uh, like the shows that get brought over to the U.S. And, and I asked them like uh, in the older shows, like how was that decision made? And and she said that based on like its popularity in Japan, if they would then try to like test it uh, on the international market. But like sometimes even popular ones never got brought over because mm-hmm. it was so expensive too to, to like bring a show over and then you're, you're hiring all this new talent and mm-hmm. stuff. So Re-Zero, example for ReZero, ReZero didn't get a dub to like three years, two or three years after it premiered on Crunchyroll. There's so. actually a show I like a lot that's been out over here. It came out, I think, like 2012, and then we released over here subbed, like, I think the same year. It just now, last year, got a dub, apparently. And it's, like, the weirdest thing ever. Uh, the Pet Girl of Sakura, so. Wait, what? Uh, it has a dub? Yes. Yeah, I, I have was looking. The, I have the blue. There's a I new the, Blu-ray have... that has the dub on it. That's you're joking. Like, the old one's outdated now. You're, um, you're joking. Yeah. No, no way. I, I have up, love I the anime. Up. I was looking up the voice actors. Uh, I think I was looking up Hillary Hogg, who did Chloe. And it was like, Pet Girl Soccer is so 2020. I was like, did they remake it? And no, they just randomly decided, let's give it a dub after all <laughs> these years of not having one. It's like Kuroko's nice. basketball. Like, it's been over here, like, subbed for years. The Netflix is like, we're just going to dub it. And it's like, 
cool that's great uh thank you but why now like you could have done this years ago but you know. bring it back bring it back i really gotta get the light novels for pet girl mm. it's a good show it is a good show but we're not talking about that nope. show, Falcon. <laughs> well, I was just bringing up the thing about being dubbed Gosh Condor. You're how the one who all freaked out fan, about it. How dare you make me fangasm <laughs> over a different show? Everything's always <sighs> my fault, apparently. Yeah, well, you did get second place in that race. You know, I, I, I will say, too, one of the things that really landed with me with this show was... So, so back then, almost all the animes that were coming over were these, you know, 25 or 26 episodes, single season arcs. Um, and as I said, the only way to get them was buying them a DVD at a time. And you don't know how it's going to turn out. Uh, most of them were pretty good because they would build towards this arc to where that, that last desk, that last disc is just crucial. And mm-hmm. you're on that kind of like on the edge of your seat because they've took the time to really build up uh, the story and the characters to where, you know, the climax matters. Uh, This show did that really well. Um, There were some that, that didn't, that were big disappointments, but like uh, having that, I kind of like that old arc and they still do it to, to some sense um, where we'll get the single uh, one-off season arc for a story but I really liked the the structure and the dedication that were put into like, hey, we only have this, you know, like 13 hours to tell this story. So we're going to, you know, figure it out from beginning to end. And at which point, you know, the, the story evolves to this and changes to that and this event, and that event. And it kind of creates this really neat, uh, uh, complete boxed in structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel it's like, like the, if we can't like the, do, go, go ahead. Nope, you're going. No, no, I don't want you to be second place again. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, no, I just think like, especially now, like the whole most animes are based off of a manga or like a light novel. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, very few wasn't. that are original, which is why like PA works so much is they tend to try to focus on making like all original shows. Um, yeah, like so I feel like nowadays it's like, well, we'll adapt this light novel, and even if the show doesn't do well, people can just buy the rest of the light novels so if it doesn't have like an definitive ending they can just buy the books that's how it continues there we go uh to where like i, I do kind of miss that towards like we, we, we know we've got one show let's come up with something and we might could leave it to where we could do more with it in the future but we can have a definitive ending that just goes like they could have done another season of noir which is like them trying to like stop being assassins but they're still coming after them because they were these legendary assassins and people are wanting them out of the picture just to be safe like it very much could be them trying to enjoy their life and running away from all these people trying to find them but i, I really got wish this one I, nice art bit of a big spoiler but i wish at the at the end of the last episode they just like after they they killed altena they just walked out of the mansion and just killed the five big wigs right there it's be kind of a ba- badass ending but they didn't do that and obviously yeah. they wouldn't do anything because obviously even if they killed the big five, there's gonna be more people who who can do yeah. it. Who replace them. It would have been yeah, it would have been nice and symbolic of the whole like, no, you're done, we're done. You need to stop stop it. Dear sirs. I'm, I'm stop going it. to the nude beach. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, and, and that was the spoiler thing I kind of hinted at earlier when I was talking about the ending. Uh, and at, at the end when um uh I believe it's Muriel holding grabs and holds uh, Kirika 
right after killing yeah. um they, there there was this like sense of um of uh oh we did it like and i'm honest about my feelings now like i i i finally i know what i want and stuff and it was just such a beautiful moment um and it was an earned moment because it was definitely of definitely an earned moment i will say that yeah but I, I i actually didn't really like it only because they did it late they did it the last episode i personally like when they do things like that early on so that way later in the episode not like early on like I would say yeah. for this anime, I would say around probably episode 20 or 21, or maybe 22, uh, because then for the rest of the anime, we can see like that character's resolve, and we can see what they what they did, whereas we kind of see that kind of at the moment where Muriel goes to chase after Chloe and, uh, and Kirika at the end to uh, get Kirika back and stuff, to like the Altena's mansion, we kind of mm-hmm. see like her resolve a little bit, but then she still kind of shakes a little bit when she fights chloe obviously mm-hmm. uh, she's a little still a little emotional um and stuff and then uh you know it was at the very end that she does come as you said mm-hmm. and she realizes what she wants but yeah, i feel like it, they should have done that earlier that's what i'm trying to say or at least um because the thing is the audience when they when they're the, when they become attached to to the characters it's like okay they finally got to where they need to be can we at least have an episode of just them you know, together be at peace, you know, not, not being hunted and, and something like, I feel like yeah. we've earned that. Um, that's one thing that a lot of newer animes do that I really appreciate where shows again, I just, cause it's still on the, on, on fresh in my mind is, as uh, my hero where we get, they overlap the arcs where we have, the drama arc where I am just biting my nails or I'm crying, I'm stressed out. I'm worried for the characters. And then we get a nice fun arc where the stakes aren't high. Mm-hmm. It's just Christmas. It, yeah. It's just fun stuff. And it's so earned and you, you could, you just relax and enjoy these characters. You love having fun together. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, that's brilliant. And it's such I'm, a treat I'm- to the fans. I'm not going to spoil anything because I'm not sure if you read the manga, but there was like a really I have super not. serious. There's like, I'm not going to say anything, but this is just what I saw. There was like, because they're still doing that in the manga. There was a really a super serious thing. And then uh, literally the next thing was like, oh, hey, let's all take a bath together. I'm like, oh, there's all this really super <laughs> serious moment. Like, no, we're taking a bath right now. And mm. I'm like, it's good to see that My Hero still does something like that. Despite yeah. like, mm-hmm. even when things get serious. So uh, I do think. With this show, I think it's fine that we didn't really get it. I think I would have liked it, but I think I would have just been fine with like after the credits if there was just like an like a drawing of like them sitting on like a patio drinking tea. Like as long yeah, as you can even just like, like see like, like nice them thing. just like at the or beach, the two of like, them on the or, beach, yeah, yeah. just chilling. And, like, they, they could have done like that, the fin sign and have them like on the beach, like just hanging out. Like I think I would have liked that because it would have fit the seriousness theme of like this is about them trying to you know get over this whole noir thing. And instead of having like an episode where it's just like them doing stuff, I would have been finally just kind of being like, all right, and now they're now they're done and they're on to the next stage. Like as you can see, because they're just chilling on the beach or whatever. I just feel like Muriel's character would have been a lot better if she got more determined. She got her determination earlier on in like yeah. the very last moment. That's the problem. I Honestly, my biggest flaw with Muriel's thing was how she didn't figure out that her family was part of the soul dots earlier. I Honestly, feel like it was very yeah. obvious. Was the fact that like, she I was wore like, heels. Yeah, 
I mean, that too. But I, I can also kind of talk about this during the non-spoiler part because it's a spoiler that's mm-hmm. obvious. Like, that's my father's watch. Oh, I've had it as long as I can remember, which was like today. Like, hmm, where did you get it? I don't know. Then it's like, that's the watch of the soul dots. Then why did my parents have one? That should be obvious at yeah. this point. Like, well, may- maybe, I, I maybe her father, and- maybe her father killed the soul dots and just kept the watch as a reward. You also, know that. and, and that's a huge thing about the characters too that I had to say for the spoiler part. I just remembered. Thank you, Falcon. Uh, is that watch was was given to to Kirika there, and she was given enough information to find Muriel because Muriel was supposed to be her test. Mm-hmm. Like that was supposed to be her. Like I'm ready to be. Chloe's uh, other half of Noir now is killing Muriel. Mm-hmm. And the 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 whole watch thing was deliberately given because they knew it would trigger Muriel's past. It would make Muriel hostile towards um towards Kirika. And then, you know, the hope was that Kirika would 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 execute her and mm-hmm. go join go join the soldats. I don't I don't know if the show ever explained it, but did they ever explain how Kirika lost her memory? Uh, no, they didn't. Um, I suspect because what they do talk about is how she was like training. Uh, I believe she was training with Chloe. Like, yeah, it seemed like they yeah. were raised together. At the, yeah, they were raised together place. at the at the manor, um, and and the whole like programming thing. Um, and and I suspect it was because she was having like like her her she wasn't quite like loyal or quite something, something wasn't working. So they tried, okay, well, we're going to put her out in the world then and give her the, you know, do the amnesia and like give her this test to like bring her back to the fold. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because putting her away from where you are and giving her amnesia is the perfect way to keep your alliance with her. Yes. So it's something that, that, that cults actually do. So like, for example, um, like the Mennonites that they have like the Rumspringa, they they spend you know the kids whole life telling them how evil and wicked the outside world is and they don't teach them anything about how telephones or credit cards or or uh, or anything else works and then they deliberately when they turn 18 send them out into the world where they know they're going to be frightened they're going to be scared they're not they're not going to know how anything works they're not going to be able to make money they're not going to be able to feed themselves and then that way they come back more loyal than they would have ever been before because you, 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 they just proved you right by you saying, "Oh yeah, that that world out there is e- e- uh, wicked and evil, and you can't survive out in it." Um, by by sending them out into the world like that, it's supposed to like convince them. Oh so yeah, but sending them out unprepared is supposed to convince them that like um, you know it doesn't. Yeah, uh, you, you belong with us, and I think that's what they were trying to do with Kirika. Like something about gaslighting her just wasn't working like it was with Chloe. So they were like, okay, we're going to put her, we're going to set her up with this Muriel person. We're going to, you know, they'll develop some kind of relationship, but ultimately Muriel's going to try to kill Kirika. When Kirika has to kill her, she's going to realize her family is with us. And, you know, I mean, that's why they were too, why they kept sending people to kill them was to to test them. Yep, Um, that's what they said in the show. So, yeah. I think it helps, too, well, that technically well, Muriel saw Kirika's face all those years ago, even though she doesn't remember it. Okay, but wait, technically, actually, real quick, before you say yeah. any more, I actually wanted to get into that, that, that something we should talk okay. about. Wikipedia says this as the big plot twist of the show, and it was mm. one of the biggest ones ever, that Kirika was the one who killed Chloe, uh, Chloe killed Muriel's uh, family, killed, his, mm-hmm. killed her parents and her brother. 
Yep. Uh, what do we think about? Oh yeah, I mean, actually, Josh, when you first watched that, did you expect that Kiriko was the one to kill Muriel's family? I only didn't because they're very ambiguous about her age. Like at like when we first meet her, she's mm-hmm. she's in a high school, but you know, obviously she she wasn't high school age. She was, but she passes as high school age, so that's where she was, you know, assigned to hide out, uh, or or whatever. But when so I, I didn't quite see it see it coming, but then it made perfect sense because why else do you set her up with Muriel and you 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 throw enemies at them so that the two unite, but then you still want one to kill the other. So you have to, you know, put in all this information and clues about the past so that when she discovers the past on her own and the truth, she then tries to kill Kirika and Kirika defends herself and kills her and comes running back. So you didn't see it coming. I I didn't. Did you guys? Uh, uh Falcon. How about you go first, Falcon? Uh, I thought it was a possibility. I wasn't sure if that was what happened. Um, but especially once Chloe came along, they kept talking about being the noir, and that kind of started happening more. Before we found out, I thought it could very well be a possibility that she, as a kid, was the one who was sent to kill them. Especially after we found out that Chloe was there and saw who did it. Um, that was kind of when I was on that train of thought so i wasn't super surprised but i wasn't dead set that that was exactly what happened i was for a while i thought chloe could have been the one who killed him i that's what i thought too i thought chloe was the one but i I was a bit surprised but afterwards it all made sense because i'm like why else would she have the pocket watch yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you she didn't kill your parents why else would she have this pocket watch and then i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm just like oh okay it makes sense i was sad though it was sad just to see that yeah, yeah, and, and also like uh, the fact that Kirika's reaction to to that realization was was she thought Muriel should kill her, mm-hmm. like uh, she yeah that was uh, that was good. Mm-hmm. It was a plot twist, probably not a big plot twist, but a plot twist because if you mm-hmm. really think about it, you probably mm-hmm. re- come to a realization that Kirika was the one who did it. Yeah. Uh, is there any else thing else you want to touch upon about the show? Uh, Do you know any fun facts, Josh? Any fun facts at all about noir? Uh, it's the only anime that I know of where Wu Tang got uh, representation. <laughs> yeah, back in, all the way back in two thousand one. Yeah. It still like feels like a really random one too. Like Wu Tang of all of them to put in an anime. Like, yeah. Right. And then it's not even an anime in America, it's an anime in France. Like, so this possibly Japanese girl in France is wearing Wu-Tang overalls. Like, all right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's fun, at least. And also the you... liquor bottles, like, they, they were all real labels. I, I don't yeah. see that too often in shows, no. but especially anime. Maybe mm-hmm. back then they, like, paid... They like paid the companies for the real liquor labels, and they give them like, "Hey, we're putting this in the in the show. Here you go. Hey, take some money." I, I guess that's how they do it. Or maybe they have like different laws in Japan, and they weren't aware at the time that it was going to go international. True. I don't know. I mean, it could have been too, like what trademark laws and stuff like that were at the time. If it was like an actual copyright, they might have been able to use it as long as they put like something in there of like, "Hey, we don't own this, but we put it." Like you know, who knows? Yeah, you have to find out. Um. 
Yeah, no, I think copyright laws are different in Japan. So it could have been one of those things very well. They didn't expect it to get picked up overseas. They'd be like, oh, well. Uh, and 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 it was in the early days of, of exporting anime. So they yeah. might not have had like, uh, like Funimation might not have had like a team of lawyers to like go through it and make sure things line up with American trademark laws. True. I, I'm uh, trying to look up when the dub is... came out for the show. Like 2002 any... or 2003? 2001, 2002, yeah. Uh, this was actually okay. done by ADV back in the day. This wasn't. Yeah, it was. A a yeah, it wasn't Funimation. It was ADV. Um, and ADV did weird things. Like <laughs> ADV, I feel like was the company that was like willing to try something out, even if it didn't make any sense. And they're no longer around, partially because of that. Um, I yeah. think they were also the ones who were export or, or, or importing all the. Um, adult themed uh yeah, shows they, back that back then too i remember seeing like on like my dna angel dvds and stuff there'd be like at least like one trailer that i'd watch and be like um probably shouldn't watch this one again in case the parents like come into my room you know like it was like all right um yeah Reminds uh, me when, I, when i was watching inuyasha as a kid and my mom walks into my room and it's just the main heroine just naked on the screen she's like what are you watching <laughs> i'm just like that, uh, that's uh, funny too, because because uh, uh, they, they they had a very different thing about uh, nudity from the waist up um, uh, in, uh, in Japan, and it wouldn't get it like a mature rating or anything when people when like female characters were topless, like, you would just see it in like regular uh, shows like Rodma One Half. It's they're just constant mm -hmm. uh, topless nudity, but it's still treated as and rated as like a kids show because uh they view it different part of the culture yeah like, yeah i mean they, this is the you know country that still has you know public bathhouses and yeah most of them are separated by genders but at the same time it's very much just like it's just a thing you know like it's not yeah. terrible to where here that would be on tv and you know disney would have lawsuits out the wazoo yeah. of you showed you know breasts on to my kid on tv and be like well female presenting yeah. nipples the worst ones known yeah. to oh. man yes indeed um, um yeah. well, I found I found confirmation of the dub. It looks like it came out between February eighteenth, two thousand three. Okay. And October twenty okay. eighth is when they released the 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 uh the the the, the videos. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right because that that one I got before uh going to the uh that that was one of the la that was the, like the last one that I just got because it was on the shelf at Suncoast. Uh, before 2004 i went to the anime expo in anaheim and that was a lot of fun and there was just like i didn't have a whole lot of money but there was like all these new animes like everywhere being sold mm -hmm. and i was like oh, uh, uh, pick which one i want mm -hmm. um uh can, can i talk for a sec about uh how i got introduced to anime Sure. Sure. Go ahead. Back in back in the ancient times of like it was like ninety six, ninety seven. I was like a freshman in high school, and That's this friend born. of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm an old, an old, an old timer. I'm I'm up there with you, Josh. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I guess I can't say. I'm uh, I had this I had this friend, uh, this this guy who went to our church, and and I worked with him at uh, the local gas station he was he was in his 20s at the time and we we're talking about favorite shows and stuff he asked me if i liked anime and i was like what is that he's like oh it's like japanese animation it's really awesome here and the next day he brought me this cardboard box full of these like bootleg vhs tapes 
Um, there was there was like two in there that were dubbed in English that were actually dubbed in English, but everything else was sub, uh, and it was like in the original titles. Uh, Ninja Scroll was in there, but it was titled mm-hmm. Win Ninja Chronicles because it was it was not re- officially released in the U.S. It was just you know directly translated to English, um, and I, I I immediately like fell in love, and I was like, what what is this that oh this animation it this is this is not like kid animation here in the u.s this is you know was, there there was a lot of uh the adult theme stuff in there but there was like all these shows and like stories and movies where the writing was so incredible and so like um mature not in the like adult themed sense but like as in the writers didn't shy away from like gritty reality or um you know, really flawed characters and, and stuff. It was like watching a really good rated R movie, but animated. And uh, I, could, I couldn't believe that this whole like medium existed. And I couldn't wait till I, I, I was finally able to start like buying some officially in the US, which didn't happen for like four years after that. I had to keep relying on like bootleg VHS tapes from my friend. Who here remembers watching a- episodes of anime on YouTube in like three parts? Oh, even sometimes like six parts. You would go and it'd be like episode one, part one, and it'd be like four minutes long. Episode one, part two, and it'd be like four <laughs> minutes long. And then that there's so many shows that I didn't get finished because I would find them on YouTube. And like I would get like halfway through and then YouTube would just like take it off. And then I could never find it again. Uh, that was Full Metal Alchemist, the first one for me. Oh, I got man. like halfway done and then it got taken off. But it aired at a time where I couldn't watch it. It's like, I couldn't just watch it on TV. Cause I think it technically came on adult swim and I wasn't allowed to watch it because I had adult in the name, even though there's nothing wrong with full metal alchemist. Uh, so there's, there are many occasions like that where I'd be watching something and it just like get cut off like on YouTube and I'm like, all right, well now I'm done with that one, I guess. What am I going to watch now? That, that's a, a pretty interesting story though, Josh, I will say. Yeah. That's a pretty nice story you got there about how you got into the good old anime. Mm-hmm. In ancient times, VHS tapes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that much younger than Josh, but like, I was everyone like I know VHS tapes. within a year or two of me were very young. much just like Toonami. Like, it's like, oh, Toonami. Yeah, that's what got like everybody my age into it. It was like, oh, we watched Dragon Ball Z on Toonami. I was like, that's cool. What's this Roni Kinchin show? Oh, that's cool. Tincho movie? It's all right. Uh, cool. What's new? Yu Yu Haga show? I'm cool with this. Gundam? Yes. Like it was very much just all those. Yes, Speed Racer. There, there was, and the, and a lot of those shows I didn't know were anime until yeah. I knew what anime was, and then I was like, oh, so those shows with that same kind of art style, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize they were originally yeah. Japanese. I remember yeah. watching Naruto, and I'm like, didn't know it was an anime at the time. I just thought it was a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then like I went back and I was like, oh, I always loved Voltron. That's the U.S. adaptation of Go Lion. Sweet. Yep. Oh, that Mega Man show I liked. That's anime. You know, like it's like all I found out like all these shows I liked as kids. Like those were technically anime, and I just had no clue. Um, but yeah, it was it was always fun. Um, yeah, my 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 uh, my best friend and I were hard into Dragon Ball Z at the time. So then discovering anime, it was like, oh, there's a lot of yeah, yeah. there's a lot of. Uh, similarities here like oh it's like the same same medium mm-hmm. yeah anime oh. is great we love mm-hmm. anime yeah, yeah you guys should do a podcast about it 
Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. It would be we interesting. Maybe people would watch. I I'd actually prefer to do a live action. We're speaking of. Did you know Noir was supposed to have a live action? Yeah, I saw that on the Wikipedia. No. Oh, oh, you didn't man. know? So I didn't know. Tim Raimi was supposed so, to be in charge of it. That's something I've actually fantasized about doing myself uh, for a long time is doing like a, like a three movie thing to tell the like complete story um, or maybe a mini series or something like because I think it's it's one that would actually translate well to a live action. Yeah, it's not too out there. It's just about female assassins. Yeah. So basically it was supposed things. to get greenlit. It was it got greenlit in June of two, 2011. And it, the number of the episodes of the first season was yet to be determined. It was supposed to be about like eight to thirteen episodes. But then mm-hmm. around March 20, 2012, uh the star CEO Chris Albert he commented that the production was put on hiatus. Uh, as a, as he stated in an interview, we're we're in a bit of holding we're we're in a bit of holding pattern with Noir. Then in December of that same year of twenty twelve, basically there were two new writers announced for it, and then in January twenty thirteen. The, the same Chris person announced that the project remained at a standstill, citing difficulty to get the project creatively to a good place. And that is the last news about the uh, Man, noir live action. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah. that long. It's not going to happen at that point. But it was interesting that at one point they were considering making it like mm-hmm. a little mini series. It would have been cool to see, honestly. I feel like Noir would have translated really well as a uh, live action. Yeah. yeah. It well, would. Should, I mean, it's one of those we... animes that nothing's too out there. Like yeah, most people, it, it, like it, oh, like anime, I... like oh, that's too out there. It's like not all of it. Just no, like one, the ones that get huge. This one's not out there. I would say this is more. The, like... This one has a mini series, like because it already it 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 shares a lot in common with something like True Detective. Mm-hmm. So so like it would it I think it would fit right into that genre as a live action mini series. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I've definitely I think I've definitely cemented myself as. The, the, the favorite person of the day since I did my research and Falcon didn't. <sighs> sure. Well, maybe sure, next sure. time Josh will wear a condor shirt. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to bring up before we move on to our ratings of the show? Uh, no? Not well, that I can think of. Well, how about before we move on to our ratings, well, Josh, why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what you're doing on, on your time, huh? Little, 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 any projects you're doing? Yeah, actually, uh, I, I got a podcast. I co-host uh, Kids These Days with my daughter, Zephyr. Uh, it's a weekly like news commentary show hosted by a millennial and a Zoomer. Uh, so we get the young generation's hot takes on the news of the week. And where, where, can, we, where can we find this podcast of yours? Oh, iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. What, did you say Stitcher? Yep. What is Stitcher? I don't think I. Why are we not on Stitcher, Falcon? Because it's the one place I can't upload directly from our RSS feed on on Podbean. Like it's like the one site that I can't just like submit it to. No. Okay. I have to actually like go make a Stitcher account and upload it there if I want to do it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well iTunes and Stitcher for now, Josh. Are there any other plans to expand later on? Well, we're on we're on Amazon Music. Uh, we're supposed to be on on Google um, any day now. Uh, unfortunately, with Google, like you kind of have to wait for it to like discover you, which is weird. 
Um, you can submit it. We we did ours directly through it. They just take like a little bit longer to like initially approve it. Then after that, it should be uh, pretty much whatever. okay. Yeah, well, I'll do it manually it. then. Well, you heard it here, everybody. Kids these days. It's pretty good. I listened to it already. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I have not. I guess I'm. I guess I'm not the favorite. Wow. Anymore. Imagine not supporting the gas condor. <laughs> <sighs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Just gonna bow out. Pull your tails up a rise. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And listener, if you're not already, subscribe to this show. Bird Brothers, this is top quality anime commentary. Paw Patrol. Why do you keep bringing up the Paw Patrol Kleenex? I feel like every time Condor and I have talked within the last few weeks, he's like, look what I have, and it's Paw Patrol Kleenex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right, why don't don't we we just move on to our ratings? Then we can talk about what we're watching next week. Oh, Connor, God. do you, uh, you want to do your rating first? I, I think we should have Josh go first. Okay. Uh, rating. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and it's out of 10? It? It's out, out of 10. 10 yes. Yeah. You can go over 10 if you want. You get the special <laughs> permission. <laughs> Only guests can. We can um, I would put it at a solid 9. Um, it, it, mostly because it, it, it's not for everyone. It is a slow burn. Um. Uh, and it takes a while uh, to 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 really get the plot going, and to get into the characters, and the visuals are are definitely very dated. Uh, but everything else is amazing. Uh, I definitely definitely give it a nine. All right. Would you recommend it to first time anime watchers? Yes, if they're into crime dramas. Okay. Very good. Would you like me to go next, Falcon, or do you want to sure. go? Sure. You can go on and go. I'll finish it up. Now, I will say that I actually had a lot of fun talking about this anime with both of you. It's been a really blast talking with mm-hmm. two other people. But I will say that when I initially watched the show, I really did not enjoy the show. I actually really do not like it. Uh, but talking with you guys about it was really fun, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I don't like it is because uh, I think it might be an age thing, personally. I think it's because this is an old anime. I feel like personally it doesn't really hold up well to the times of the animes of today. Um, and that just, it might just be like a, an age thing, as I said. Uh, but what I did enjoy was uh, the combat scenes were really great for what it was. For, I really enjoyed the combat scenes. I really, uh, I really enjoyed the music as we talked about, but one of the main things I really love about animes is like character development and stuff like that. And I feel like the show didn't really do well with it. Uh, I, I really, I like, I like Kirika a lot. And I like I did not like Muriel till the very end, and I mean literally the very end, like we discussed about it. Uh, and uh, Chloe was already a confident character, and then Altana's just there, kind of like oh, there she is over there, and mm-hmm. uh, basically, uh, and I felt like the the show's pacing wasn't really that good either. Like I feel like the best part for me was the middle part with like the uh, episodes about like like the one about Muriel's uncle or like the beginning with the cat or like the Chloe episodes. I really like those episodes because they had like a big emotional impact on the characters. But like, I feel like for like the story sake, for like the plot, it was like they met, they met and then like, uh, we learn about the, the soul dots and then we meet Chloe and then there's like nothing until like episode 17 or 18 when Chloe kind of like informs, uh, Muriel about like something might be with Kirika. And like, if she says to go home, Mm-hmm. let her go home and that's when it like picks up but there's like that gap there's like that 9 10 episode gap of just random things happening that don't really pertain to the plot and again as i said some of those episodes are my personal favorite because i really like them but mm-hmm. 
as for the story, the progression didn't really feel good to me. Again, maybe that's just an age thing. Maybe I, I, I personally just don't vibe with this show. I personally don't like it. Uh, however, I did enjoy it more than Spice and Wolf. I will say. <laughs> I feel like every show we watch is going to be compared to Spice and Wolf with you. If you don't like it, be like, did I like it more or less than Spice and Wolf? <laughs> I, that, that's literally my thought. I'm like, I'm not enjoying this anime, but I like it more than Spice and Wolf. <laughs> Spice and Wolf, at least the show had action. A lot of action. It wasn't just talk, 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 talk. In fact, there wasn't enough talking, which I actually didn't, wasn't, wasn't really a big problem with the show. I actually kind of like like the silent thing, so it's like open mm-hmm. for interpretation. It's like The Mandalorian, if you've ever seen The Mandalorian. It's kind of like, it gives you the similar similar vibes mm-hmm. to that so uh i'm gonna talking with show. their eyes yeah 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 or, or their guns in this case mm-hmm. yep uh, talking with I, their guns I'm, gonna, I'm actually i'm gonna give the show i'm gonna give it a 6.5 out of 10 i'm gonna give it a 6.5 okay. out of 10 would i recommend it for a first time anime watcher i'm gonna say yes and no it's gonna be more like what, what josh said if you're into like crime dramas mm-hmm. i would definitely recommend this if you're getting into anime and you're thinking you want to start with old anime Definitely do not start with this one. Start with more more of the popular ones like Yu Yu Hakusho or Dragon Ball or Inuyasha or Roni Kenshin. Start with one of those. And then afterwards, if you like if you like the vibes of like those old animes, then feel free to go to Noir if you want to give it a try. I definitely did, did not enjoy it, though. That, that's my opinion. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> it's all good. It's <laughs> fair points. I, I, I hope I hope you wear a Condor shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we we have right. to have a Condor shirt first. All right, all right, Falcon. What did you think about Noir? Um, so I I liked it overall. I like slow burn shows, but I usually have to be in the mood for them. Like it's not just a show I can just pick up and be like, I'm gonna watch this show and it's gonna be great. Like I have to be in the mood. Um, the beginning of this one I felt was a little bit slower than I normally like. I feel like the first six or seven episodes are very much just we know something's up, and every time we find somebody who might could tell us some info, they die, <laughs> and then we run away. And then, oh, we found this page. Do you know anything about this page? Yes. Uh, well, we still know nothing about this page. Do you know about this page? Yes. Oh, he died. Let's leave. Um, that that got a little bit tiring at the beginning. I will say, like, the first day or two I watched it, I had to really focus. I kept trying to look away. Um, I do like shows like this. It very much has a dot .hack vibe, and dot .hack is some of my favorites of all time. Um, but uh, it, it really picked up, it, I'd say... Really, when Chloe was introduced, I feel like it's what it really picked up for me. And then it just kind of kept going after that. And after that, I was really just along for the ride and I was sold. Um, I would probably rate it. I think I'd give it a seven and a half. I think I think it's better than average, but it's definitely not a show for everybody. And I feel like I have to knock a couple points off for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd even do that with Dot Hack because while I love Dot Hack, I also very much know Dot Hack is a very much just a me show. Um, I think it, I think it's great if you like an action show, if you like the more slow burn shows, especially. I don't. I think it's fine for first time anime watcher if they don't like anything real, uh, sci fi or fantasy or just kind of out there. If they like more realistic stories, this I think is a great one to show them, um, as long as they're cool with kind of the slow burn nature of it. I will disagree in saying like if you want to see a different action show first to watch like a Dragon Ball or a Roni Kenshin, because those are usually a lot more, eh, Roni Kenshin might be a little bit better because it's fast, faster paced, but has the slow burn, like talking and traveling. Oh, Dragon real, real Ball, quick, I, don't I, agree. I wasn't saying to like watch an old anime for like action. I'm saying if you just right. want, like into old anime, like, like, in, okay, like, gotcha. popular ones and then go off to like, noir. I feel like if you're trying to get to old anime, you shouldn't start with noir. You should start with one of the more, like, more popular ones. 
Um, but I think definitely like if you like the slow burn, more kind of crimey shows, this would be a decent one to start them off with. Um, just let them know it's the beginning is going to be a little rough before it picks up. Um, but that would be my opinion on it. So, so we got, we got a nine, Dave, a 6.5 and a 7.5. Yep. Uh, definitely worth watching. I feel, uh, just know what you're getting into before you, uh, Better than know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think too, like people should know that like, if you want to check it out because it's uh, girls with guns or, or because it is uh, considered a Yuri story, uh, maybe rein in expectations for what you traditionally think of for like either Yuri or, or girls with guns um, because it is, it is not. It, yeah. Those, those themes are there, but it's not like the whole. Uh, it's not the yeah. main focus of the show. Yeah. The, the, the main focus is solving the mystery. The girls with guns part with is. Guns. Yeah, girls with guns part. When you care, compare it to like some of the guns with girls with guns shows, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm having a hard time picturing examples. See, but like see, the ridiculous, over the top, just mm-hmm. uh, murder girls in skimpy outfits, just yeah. just shooting planes out of the sky. <laughs> You're telling me yeah. that's not real? What? No. You didn't know. My disappointment is. is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. Condor, it is your pick next week. What anime are we watching? What anime are we watching? Yes. Oh, this one's a fun one. It's a it's a mecha kind of. Okay. Falcon surprise. Yes, oh, you don't what? like mechas at all. Well, there's a reason we're watching this one because because well well you know my friend wanted me to watch this so I'm gonna watch it for my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're watching. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Darling in the Franks. Okay. Franks. I've I've heard very mixed opinions about. Yeah, I, that's also another that's also another thing about it. It's a very controversial show, so mm-hmm. I feel like it'll be a very fun thing for us to discuss. Okay. Yeah. You can well, find you're it here. I actually, real, real quick, before you go for for yeah. this for this anime, you could watch it dubbed on Funimation, or you could watch it in five different languages on Crunchyroll, which are not dubbed. You can only watch mm. it dubbed on Funimation. So, yeah. that's it. That's All what right. we're watching. All right. So next week, Darling in the Franks, partially mecha show. Uh, thank you, Josh, for being on. It's been a blast. Yes, thank you. My Josh. pleasure. Woo! Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Make sure you all go check out his podcast, Kids These Days, available pretty much anywhere. Podcasts are available these days. And, as always, if you want to stay up to date with everything Bird Brothers Podcast, find us on Twitter, at BirdBroPod, for the fun tweets and updates about the show. Or if you were cool and you want to talk with myself and Condor, you can hop in our Discord. We've got that link thrown up on the screen. It is also going to be in the episode description as well. You can find it there or in the podcast description on whatever podcast service you use. Click it, join, chat with us. We have tons of fun. So until next time, this has been the Bird Brothers, and we're flying out. Have a good one. Cuckoo!